Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome back to America's Game, episode number 43. I am your host, Eric Vanek, and you can find me on Twitter at NFL. And joining me again this week, uh, back from his little two-week hiatus, is Scott Connor, my co-host. Scott, what's going on, man? NFL draft has happened. Uh, it's in our rearview mirror. We're just getting really started into our rookie draft season. So yeah, man, what's going on? Yeah, well, thanks for having me back. Uh, you did a great job carrying the show for the last two episodes. Uh, anybody interested in those? Uh, hopefully you listen to them. They're probably not super relevant. Uh, maybe the last week's America's Game uh, you can listen to due to the mock draft that probably was the first one that was out there. But, you know, you did a great job uh, with Matt Bruning on and then with Adam and Mike last week doing the mock draft. Uh, Got to give Eric kudos for uh, starting to come into his own as a actual podcast host, not just a let's get on here and bullshit with Scott, but uh, actually hosting a pretty good show. I really enjoyed uh, listening to both of those episodes, uh, but especially the one with Matt Bruning where you kind of let him do his thing. And, you know, he definitely brings a lot of knowledge, but also sees things slightly differently than how we play. So it's nice to have, you know, different varieties of views. Uh, You know, he's a pretty prominent part of the Heisman group and he's in there all the time and is willing to chime in with dissenting opinions sometimes. So you did a great job carrying the show. I'm glad to be back. These next two weeks are going to be fun for us. Uh, We're going to do two different episodes talking basically uh, the, the very, very, very important last couple roster spots on your team. Who do you keep? Who do you not keep? What decisions have we been making throughout our drafts because yeah, I think I'm in 21 drafts going on right now. I literally have 38 tabs open and I have a little uh, like tracker for each one of my leagues. So I can just never miss a player that might be available just because you're in so many. It's like, I can't even get them straight. I have a couple that are literally like the exact same settings that I'm in at the exact same time. And I'm like, wait a second, which team is this, which team is that? But uh, yeah, it's a crazy time. But with that has come the reality now that, all those maxed out roster spots that we've been carrying for the last three months. All right. Why was I carrying this player or that player? It's time to make some decisions. We're going to have to make more decisions when waivers start to run and things start to happen over the next couple of months. But uh, glad to be back, man. This should be a fun show. I, I enjoy these shows probably the most out of all the content that I do. That's just like literally the grind. Like the, these are going to be the things we're doing regardless of whether we're doing other content. So glad to be back, man. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate your, your kind words. It was a lot of fun uh, with Matt Bruning and then Adam and Mike last week, right after 
really the live stream that they did on YouTube for Destination Devi um, after round two and three. So those guys were up late. So I appreciate those guys coming on and joining me and helping me out with the mock draft. Hopefully um, that first real quick mock draft helped you guys out there um, in your early rookie drafts. I actually haven't really gone back and looked at um, how we did on the uh, round four to seven guys and how we rated them and all that. Um, I'll have to go back and check that out for sure and see how how we did compared uh, to not knowing those guys' landing spots and stuff like that. So uh, it would be pretty cool to go back and look at. But yeah, like what Scott said this week, we're going to really talk about... Um, you know, those last few roster spots that you got right now, I know me and Scott have been talking like, man, I've had to make some really tough decisions on guys to cut that I do really, really like. Like, I've had a few leagues where I got, like, uh, Solvent Ahmed and Miles Gaskin, just to name a couple guys, where I'm like, oh, man, I got to really cut one of these guys, and I like both of them a lot. I think both of them have a really good opportunity still. So I got to, like, figure out, man, can I really hold on to this guy? Do I have another guy I can cut? So, uh, yeah, the next two weeks, this week we're going to do the AFC, Next week, we're going to do the NFC and just kind of basically look through these um, depth charts right now as they sit. We're going to maybe kind of look at the free agents that are still available too. maybe talk about, hey, could this guy end up here? Could this guy end up in this spot? Stuff like that as well. So, yeah, looking forward to it. But before we get into that, I wanted to, you know, we haven't had you on since the NFL draft started and completed already. So what did you think of the NFL draft? Um, overall, was there any like surprising picks? What were some of your favorite picks and uh, things like that? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say there was anything that was just absolutely shocking. I do think I was surprised at just big picture. I was surprised with the lack of... Honestly, the early day three is what surprised me the most. I mean, I was definitely surprised. We were in the discord and in various group me's and stuff talking during day three of the draft and a lot more surprising picks than we thought, you know, we thought there were going to be a ton of fantasy relevant players that went in round four, round five, some in round six, but typically we're looking for round four and round five, especially for the running backs for just extra volume, extra shots to take with those second, third, fourth round picks. And it really didn't deliver this year. I mean, only one running back went in round four, which I thought, man, when only four running backs went in round three, I'm sitting here thinking, man, round four is going to have six, seven, eight guys, you know? And then only one goes in round four. Only four went in round five. So now I'm sitting here like, man, where did all the running backs we had kind of penciled in go? And they ended up getting sprinkled in either round six, round seven, or UDFAs. But that under-delivered this year, I think, from a... You and I were always expecting this class to be better than the masses, at least the last couple months, for that reason. And that's something that I think we kind of whiffed on or got wrong was we were banking on more running backs being in these ranges where we're happy to draft them with these mid mid to late third round picks. I'm getting in some of these drafts going, man, like if I'm picking outside of the top 30 picks or so late third, early fourth, I'm like, I don't even want to pick anybody. You know, I've been, I've made the move a couple times where I'm sitting at a 308, 309, 310, 
I'll package that and my fourth up to get a future third and a fourth. If I have two thirds, like a 306 and a 312, I'll package those up to get, you know, a third and a fourth in the future. Because I, I just don't want to make picks there. And I've taken a couple shots on guys that I typically wouldn't draft, like a Kayshawn Boutte, just because there's really nobody else to take. And I don't think I would have said that three months ago. I would have said, you're crazy. Give me all those thirds. There will be somebody to take. And there's always somebody to draft. You know, like I can draft Kenny McIntosh or Lou Nichols, but we expected those guys like in the fourth. You know what I mean? But the fact that you're going, man, if I have to take a running back and we are 11 running backs deep, I'm staring at Lou Nichols, Kenny McIntosh, Dwayne McBride, like those seventh round picks. And people are taking them in the early fourth. So whereas in years past, they would have been waiver guys or UDFAs dynasty wise. So I think that under underwhelmed. And then, you know, I guess the overall landing spots of some of the players that did get decent capital, I don't think it really elevated their, you know, their place that much either. You know, I, I think it's really the, the kick in the balls for the running backs, man. Cause I go right back to the landing spots for, Abanacanda and Zach Charbonnet and you know you can even argue somebody like Tank Bigsby like you wish he would have gotten a better landing spot it wasn't horrible but it could have been better so even a couple of those you're kind of like man like they got decent capital but they, they truly are just any running back on a depth chart now so and that's big for us I mean we'll talk about it the rest of the episode you mentioned Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed right those people are probably going like, what the hell do you have those guys for? Well, we've built our teams around having those guys. So we don't have, you might have a couple more than me, but generally we don't have extra receivers and quarterbacks to cut. We don't have 20 tight ends where we can cut half of them. Maybe the format warrants it. And I have a bunch of tight ends. I mean, I've found some cuts at tight end too, because even if it's two PPR for tight end, I'm carrying like 13 of them. Do I really need to carry all those Hunter Longs and all those Donald Parhams and Bryson Hopkins? You know, like you can only carry so many of those guys. So that's where our cuts are coming from is probably tight ends and other running backs, which we'll talk about it. Some of the running backs we're cutting two months from now, we could go, damn, we got to pick all them back up. And we're dropping Lou Nichols and we're dropping Dwayne McBride because they don't even make the team. So just keep that in mind. But it's this is big for us because that's how our rosters are built. They're not built around, oh, yeah, we I, – I look at some teams in our leagues, Eric. They got eight receivers they can cut. You're still holding the Jalen Naylors and, you know, those types. It's like, okay, gone. Yeah. I but, see people holding uh, Drew Brees and Chad Henney still. Hey, those guys retired. You might want to drop them. Yeah, saw a uh, couple of T.Y. Hilton's drop today, you know, like those type of players. We've cut those guys long ago. We cut them back when we did the episode in December of like, let's cut these guys before the season ends yeah. so you can stash players going into the offseason when waivers closes. So we don't have a lot of that dead weight. The only dead weight we might have is uh, maybe guys that got picked up on waivers like throughout the last couple of months, like I've picked up some Cam Newtons and some Antonio Browns. And they're like, I can cut all those guys that you picked them up to see if they specifically would be able to be signed and flipped. If they're not, then they're gone. So like those are easy cuts, but it's some of the, man, this guy's buried on the depth chart, but easily a guy's buried on a depth chart until he gets cut and goes somewhere else and is on a better depth chart than a guy you've been holding on to for this whole time. And you know, he's never going to get a chance. So we'll talk through some of those backfields. There's a couple in the AFC where, 
I'm, I'm not really even sure what to do. I've kind of had to like hedge my bets because I'm not 100% positive. But uh, those are my takeaways from the draft. It underwhelmed, but it didn't underwhelm in the way that a lot of people are saying it underwhelmed. I could care less about like the draft capital or the landing spots for some of the, the day two receivers and stuff. Like I was never banking on those, but I was banking on the running back class to deliver us a dozen guys that I'm going to leave drafts going, you know what? I wanted to get a nice piece of that, you know, that backfield or that offense or that player. And there just isn't, there isn't a dozen of them this year. There's probably more like seven or eight. And then a couple of the higher end ones are even ones where, yeah, do you really want to use a, a mid-second rounder on Tajay Spears? No, not really. Yeah. Like, it, 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 there's layers yeah. of the draft where you're like, man, I'd almost rather have a future pick or use this pick into the season and just not even bother picking some of these guys. So, yeah, just didn't deliver. I think that's – we're feeling it the most because we were relying on these picks to supplement these rosters that have been built this way. And I've noticed, too, like – Chase Brown's getting pushed up, like, and the back end of round two, uh, maybe middle of round two as well, you know, going to the Bengals there. Just because some of those other running backs, like you mentioned in rounds four through seven, just really didn't get great spots, or there's just not that many of them either. Roshan. Early second, people are taking Roshan because they're like, there's nobody else to take. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was getting at. There's just nobody else to take. I don't have any Roshan that I've taken personally so far. Um, we've seen like Devin a chain is going at like the two one. Like I don't even feel comfortable about that. Like I don't have any of him yet. Um, yeah, you mentioned Tajay Bigsby's pretty much a middle of the second lock. You know, right there with Roshan. Um, Abanacanda, I've have a ton of so far. He's been falling to pretty much the round three every time, and I think people just don't like the landing spot. But he could easily be the number two there. I know, I know they still have Michael Carter, but they've kind of uh, lost all their their hype on Michael Carter the last year or so. It seems like for me, you know, uh, even last year when they tried to when Brees got hurt, you know, Carter couldn't really handle the workload. Not saying Carter's droppable or anything like that. I'm still going to roster him everywhere, but I could easily see a Bandicanda just being a more explosive and better player than Michael Carter is. And Michael Carter just kind of gets relegated down and he's just like a, a guy there. Chase Brown, I talked about. Love the landing spot. You know, if Mixon ends up getting cut or traded or whatnot, you know, Chase Brown could have a really big impact this year. Eric Gray is another one that I really like that's going in like round three. Um, you know, it's really just Barkley behind or in front of him. And then it's Eric Gray. There's Gary Brightwell still there. Matt Breida still there. I think Eric Gray is better than both of those guys right now. Um, Evan Hole, he ends up with uh, Indianapolis. Okay, he, you know, obviously he's never going to be the bell cow there because Jonathan Taylor's there, but I could see Evan Hole being like a, a decent little like PPR type back maybe for them, kind of like a, um, oh, a Patrick Laird from Miami, kind of like that kind of player, but probably a little bit more explosive. I like him uh, better than that, but if, if Hole could come in and get you 30, 40 catches, I think Hole could be useful. Chris Rodriguez to Washington. Man, that one that one was disappointing because that's just like a 
here you're our third running back. Maybe you're a game day inactive if you can't play special teams. So like I haven't found myself taking any Chris Rodriguez yet. Um, the last two I'll just mention, Deuce Vaughn to Dallas. I do like the landing spot. The story's fun as well. I'm sure people have seen it on social media, the story with Deuce Vaughn and his dad picking him, which was great. Um, but I do actually kind of do like Deuce Vaughn there with Dallas. I could see him carving out a nice little role for them, and he's going to obviously be a, a favorite in the building. I don't see him getting cut. So that's another good reason that I like him is I think he's definitely going to make the roster somehow, some way, and I can see him getting on the field. And then the last one um, that's actually getting pushed up a little bit is Zach Evans. You know, people did like him. uh, Some didn't. But he goes to L.A. in a backfield where he's got a legit shot to get some playing time there. I think he's a better player than Kyron Williams, a better prospect coming out than Kyron Williams was. So I like that um, first and foremost, and then, you know, the stuff with Cam Akers last year, like, he missed half the season because, uh, you know, disgruntled or whatever. We, I mean, we still don't even know the full story of what the hell happened there. And then all of a sudden, Akers comes on at the end of the year and runs for 100 yards in, like, the last three games, and now it seems like, oh, he's back. Well, we don't know that, like, could there be lingering issues there between Akers and, and the Rams? Like, could they just be wanting to move on from Akers still at some point? I don't know. So Zach Evans is another good one that I like um, stashing there later on. But, yeah, I just wanted to bring up uh, – those few running backs since we're pretty much a running back centric uh, podcast with these rookies. Yeah. And that's going to be the majority of our show today probably is talking about backfields and running backs, but you know, that the disappointing thing is that sure. Some of those guys make sense. Like I actually am, am the opposite with you on Chris Rodriguez. I think he's just the Brian Robinson backup, but I actually feel comfortable taking him because I know exactly what he is. As long as he makes the team, that's what he is. He's basically a spot starter if Brian Robinson isn't there. Brian Robinson gets injured, you can easily see Chris Rodriguez literally playing his role. And point per carry leagues, like I'll draft that. But there's probably other formats, best ball or PPR leagues, where I'm going like, that's not that exciting. I don't even want Brian Robinson in PPR leagues. Unless I'm getting him for like a third round pick and he's worth more than that. So like you're not going to have any shares of him in that type of format. But point per carry, like I'll take Dwayne McBride. I'll take Chris Rodriguez. I'll just take them because they probably are what they are. They're in there to absorb carries. Point per carry is the only format that I want them. And to your point about Zach Evans, because we're not going to talk about the NFC today, but Cam Akers is a free agent. They could easily just like inactivate Cam Akers halfway through the year and be like, yep, we're done with this guy. He's hitting free agency. He, there's no incentive to see what he can do because he's gone. And you think, I mean, Rams are probably going to suck, don't you think? Yeah, I think the I think they'll be uh, maybe like a six-win team. Maybe you can see them being like competitive early and then they realize they're not going to win and then they taper off and they just start playing young guys towards the end of the year. And that's where Zach Evans gets some run. And the thing about Zach Evans is I don't care if Zach, the narrative on Zach Evans, isn't he's going to be the Rams future starter. It's can he earn a shot at the Rams backfield in the next couple years? That's all you care about. Very good chance. If they let Cam Akers go and they have Zach Evans, they're in the market next year to get an even better guy. That's better than Zach Evans. They're not just going to say, oh, we'll roll with Zach Evans. Like they probably bring in another guy equivalent or better than him, but who cares? If you hit on a committee back in the third round, that's exactly what we're trying to do with these picks. 
So on to the teams, but yeah, it's just just the perfect scenario of all these guys kind of landing. We knew they were all going to be landing in backfields where there were probably other multiple running backs that we liked. It just didn't quite have the the steam or the capital that we were hoping for. And there were just less bodies overall. I mean, literally, if you would have told me there's only going to be, what, 14 running backs in the first five rounds, I would have said that's a little disappointing. I would have wanted to see close to 20. Because a couple of them we wouldn't end up liking. So it was kind of like, eh, I don't really like that guy. You know, I'm not, I don't really want Deuce Vaughn. So, like, there was going to be a few where you were like, eh, I don't really want that guy anyway. But I just wanted more options. Didn't get it. I don't know what it is. Maybe we were just wrong about how talented these guys were. Because I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's just the NFL doesn't value running backs. Because you know what the NFL does value, Eric? Cheap running backs. Cheap running backs. Cheap yeah. and good running backs. So if there were a bunch of guys in round five, round six, that the NFL thought would be really, really good and worth draft picks, they would have picked them for exactly what we're talking about. Like, they still need to fill out a depth chart with three or four running backs. So, like, if you really like to play and you go, yeah, the NFL doesn't care about these guys, they all fall in the draft, but I can still get a guy I really like in round five. That's basically how your Abana Kanda ends up on the Jets. You know, because they were like, yeah, he's probably a round three or four player for us, but he's there in round five. Like, we have no choice but to take him. And it just creates this conundrum now for fantasy. At least, hell, the Eagles at least made it easy for us and, you know, traded for DeAndre Swift. And the Lions, the same thing, dumped DeAndre Swift after drafting Jameer Gibbs. Like, there was some sense from both of those teams to be like, we're going to either trade for a guy that we like better than the rookies and not draft a rookie. Cause I think the Eagles would have drafted one of these rookies in like round four or round five. And then we'd be like, none of the running backs on their team have any pedigree. And it's literally like a four way committee. At least with Swift, you got to figure they're going to give him the shot to be the lead guy. You know what I mean? And then it kind of filters through from the rest, but at least those two teams made a sensible trade that made both of the depth charts, I think a little easier to deal with at this point. So. Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. Cause I was kind of looking at, you know, just some of the free agents that are available too. Like, I think there's teams that were like, you know, let's not waste a draft pick on, you know, in a sixth, seventh round, fifth round, whatever on a running back when we can just go and sign one too, you know, for cheap. So I mean, Buffalo, I, they could have drafted a body in round six, mm-hmm. but they go, we just get Latavius Murray. It's the same thing. Yeah. Then like two days after the draft ends up, now we're going to sign Latavius. And I think there's still some teams that are going to be looking to do that too. So I think that was another reason. Maybe we didn't see them in those, there's, you know, the uh, NFL is like, okay, let's take this offensive lineman instead. Let's take this cornerback. Let's take this, you know, safety, whatever it is, you know, that's going to really help our team. And it's a premium position. If we hit on that position, then awesome. Um, you know, if we hit on a six round running back, then okay, sure. It's, it's nice, but it's not that big of a value still. So from a real quick, from a draft standpoint, does that make you just as in on like, Daenerys Prince and Tyon Evans just because they're literally guys that could have been drafted, but they went to spots that they're probably going to get a shot to make the team just because of where they stand. Yeah, I haven't found myself taking any of those guys yet, to be honest. I just haven't had like the, the draft picks to do that or they go before me, but 
I mean, are they any different than Kenny McIntosh or Lou Nichols? No. I think all those guys are the same. Just one got picked and one didn't. That's all. And but, we, um, but wouldn't you almost rather have Tyon Evans than Lou or than Kenny McIntosh, given the Kenny McIntosh's backfield? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, don't they always say if you're going to be like a seventh rounder, you'd rather just not even get drafted? Yeah, because you get to choose your spot. And, you know, some of those guys got to pick pretty decent spots. I mean, just looking at the UDFA, Sean Tucker got to choose Tampa Bay. That's a good landing spot for him because there's really nobody else there. So I like that, you know, what Tucker chose. Daenerik Prince went to Kansas City. I mean, it's an okay landing spot, I guess, but he's still buried, like, behind four guys. And they signed Jarek McKinnon after the draft ended, so that didn't help things. Mohamed Ibrahim, I could see him being, like, a uh, a Dan Campbell type of player, but he's still buried on that team behind Gibbs and Montgomery and Craig Reynolds and Jamar Jefferson. Like, he's going to have to, like, really battle there, and I could see him just... I don't think he's going to make the team. Keaton Mitchell to Baltimore, that's just a um, a return guy. I'm not, I was never interested in him regardless. Cameron Peoples to Carolina, he's just kind of buried. Travis died to the Jets. Like That's not a good one because there's a lot of guys in front of him and a lot better players than him in front of him. Like You're going to be looking at um, Izzy Abandacanda and Brees Hall and Michael Carter – and then Travis die like there's gonna be just such a huge difference like so why that's my question is why would he go to the Jets because like that's probably the most loaded backfield in terms of like we still got a bunch of Zonovan Knight yeah like, and Zonovan Knight too I didn't even forgot to mention him I don't know I honestly don't it, I it's that gotta to be it. like he knows somebody on the staff and they gave him a shot that or <laughs> or we don't know maybe that was his only offer. It was the Jets. That's what I mean. Was Somebody like, was like doing him a favor and they said, yeah, go on into the Jets. And, you yeah. know, yeah. I mean, because that one doesn't really make sense. Like, that'd be one of the last. Like, right. if I if I was a UDFA, I would wanted I would have wanted to go to like a Cincy or a Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like, they're mm-hmm. it like I could be the number three or even like Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Like Baltimore is a backfield that literally has Justice Hill and Gus Edwards as their two and three. Like, those are. The team knows those guys, but it's not like those guys fit in the current system. And, you know, it's it's not like that's a depth chart that's absolutely stacked where you don't have a shot to make the team. So, yeah, it's interesting to see uh, some of the choices these UDFAs make. And, you know, we'll talk through kind of when we get to the teams, if they're, they're guys in that range that are worth picking up from the UDFA standpoint. But let's start getting into the depth charts. We got to got about an hour to go through all the AFC depth charts. We're just going to kind of go through them one by one today. Talk about the players we've made cuts on. Uh, talk about the players, you know, we might have to make some decisions on. And then any of the players that we're interested in maybe picking up. We did this back at the end of the year. And uh, this is kind of our next shot at it. It's five months later now that we're post-draft. So you want to get started going through the teams? Let's do it. So first up here is Buffalo. I'm going to kind of just mention who they drafted um, offensively wise that are relevant for us. So Dalton Kincaid obviously went with their first pick, pick 25 overall, the tight end. Um, They drafted Osiris Torrance in round two, a guard. 
Uh, Justin Shorter, I haven't been drafting any of him. Roster clogger, I think we can talk about round five. And they drafted another guard in round seven. So just wanted to quickly mention their uh, draft class. So that quarterback, Josh Allen, you know, obviously don't no need to talk about him. Kyle Allen and Matt Barkley are the backups. I'm not rostering any of those guys. I don't think you are either. God, they did they just go for like the two crusty oldest backups they can find? Yeah, like I could like I'm looking at the free agency. Like I wouldn't be shocked if they're like, man, these guys suck. Let's could they be a Carson Wentz or a Teddy Bridgewater team? I could I could see one of those. Like Carson guys Wentz kind of fits there, doesn't it? Yeah, bit. like I, I could see Wentz going there to kind of like Trubisky did and revive his, re, revive his career a little bit. So that might be a team to watch out for. That you know, hey, Carson Wentz signs there. I could see that. Yeah, the uh, let's get. I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on the skill players because Buffalo has had a weird off season. They've had like mm-hmm. everyone thought they were going to add a big name, and all they've done other than Kincaid has just been like add roster cloggers mm-hmm. and you're like you by no by no means are you excited about any of the players that they have or that they've added but it's also kind of hurt you know it's hurt like khalil shakir because there's literally they've signed like two more guys that could literally be better than him and then he's just a roster clogger so they've mm-hmm. done enough to make it so like he's not worth anything but they haven't done enough to where any of the guys they've added are worth anything. So they're like, mm-hmm. it's really weird how they built this team. I, I kind of buy it now that they might just make Dalton Kincaid. Like they might just play Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid at the same time and just try to do like matchup problems. And he's just like the, the slot receiver and they just play them both. And they try to play mm-hmm. differently than other teams kind of play more like the chiefs do. Right. So they were, uh, I was listening to the athletic podcast earlier. They were the team who played the least amount of two tight end personnel last year in the whole league. Like the league average was like 18%. They were at 3%. So that is definitely going to change this year. They're going to probably be one of the more heavier teams running two tight end sets in the league. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, running back wise, so they got James Cook, Damian Harris, Latavius Murray, Naeem Hines. I think those are probably your locked in four guys for them. And I don't see that really changing. I see Harris and Latavius kind of just playing the same role. They're going to both battle it out for that early down rolls. And then James Cook is just going to be the pass catching guy. Like, I don't see anything really changing there. Do you? Do you think that they made it a cognitive decision to go to play more tight ends and bring in two hammer running backs like Latavius and Damian Harris instead of Devin Singletary, who was 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're going to try to kind of force the run a little bit more. I think so. Yeah. And then drafting Osiris Torrance in round two, that fits the bill big time because that's a 330 pound mountain of a man playing right guard. And that's usually where you're running the ball is the right hand side. So, yeah, I could definitely see them being a little bit more run centric this year, at least trying to be, you know, more 50 50 or 55 45, something like that. Do you, um, just speaking of the running backs, like Naeem Hines, it's clear he's the RB4 here. They didn't really use him that much last year. I don't know how much usage he's going to get again this year. Is is Naeem Hines even somebody that you want to even keep rostering? He plays running back. 
he is an elite receiver, but I think it's also clear that maybe his days of being the receiving back on the team are he's an injury away from being the receiving back. Yeah. So I've caught some Naheem Hines for that reason, only because if, a, if I knew a team, like he could go to a different situation and be the receiving back and he'd be somebody you'd want to roster. But he's essentially a handcuff to a guy that's probably just as good of a receiver this, than him, who's a better running back than him. And the Bills didn't use him in the time where they, you said it, they traded for him last year and he barely played. What was the point of even having him? And then they kept him. They could have got out of his contract and they restructured his contract to keep him. So he clearly fits a role, but I just don't think it's a pass catching role. So I have cut some Naheem Hines. I mean, really, the only guys I'm rostering on the Bills are the tight ends, Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, and then the running backs, not named Naheem Hines. So that is a lot of guys, but you know, I've I've gotten to the point where I have no interest rostering Quentin Morris anymore. I don't care what the tight end format is. He's a cut for me. Uh, no interest in rostering Khalil Shakir. I think he's a roster clogger because, of course, they had to sign Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield, which got, are, are both just annoying enough to make it so Khalil Shakir is probably not really anything you can use. So even even for best ball, like, I don't really want to roster these three Bills receivers because I don't know, maybe closer to the season, sure, but I can also see people cutting one of these three guys, and then that's the guy you wanted in best ball all year. And it wasn't the two that didn't get cut. So it kind of feels like last year with the Bills, right? When they brought in Beasley after Jamison Crowder failed, and they had Shakir, and then they also had Isaiah McKenzie. It was like they're kind of doing the same thing this year with these guys. So I'm, I'm yeah, just like not a platoon. Yeah, it's like not, a platoon at slot receiver. So that's not the ideal way you want. Uh, do you want any of those guys, even for best ball? Do you even want to have them, or are there just better situations you'd rather roster? Deep leagues, I I still have some of those guys, but it has to be like a, a super deep league, and they're probably like one of the first guys I'm going to be cutting on some of my rosters. So, so how would I, you rank them? Hardy, Shakir, and uh, Sherfield. I'd go Shakir. Sherfield Hardy. Okay. I think, yeah. Because I think Hardy could be more of a the return guy. And then where Sherfield and, and Shakir could really battle it out. But I'm gonna go with Shakir still because they drafted him. They still talk about him. Like I've heard him talk about him in press conferences and stuff. They like the guy. Um so yeah, I'm gonna go with Shakir there first. So and another thing oh, don't ahead. even bother picking up any Justin Shorter. I don't care what yeah, happens. Yeah, I'm I'm not jumping on that train. Um, so another thing that they brought up on the athletic podcast was maybe Dalton Kincaid is their slot receiver and, you know, Dawson Knox is going to be, uh, you know, the inline tight end. They did just sign Dawson Knox to a new extension last year and he got like 30 plus million dollars guaranteed. So they gave Dawson Knox a big contract extension. So I kind of buy into that more. Like I think Kincaid and Knox are going to be on the field a lot more and Kincaid can kind of be used more as the slot receiver and then they tried to play Stefan Diggs in the slot a little bit last year too and it just didn't work out like he's just he's just a better outside receiver than he's a slot guy now he doesn't have to focus on that he can be strictly outside with Gabe Davis and then Kincaid can kind of just play over the middle of the field more so that's kind of where I'm at with it like I almost don't want any of those third Bills receivers 
No, and I actually think you can probably get Dawson Knox for half the price that he was going for before Kincaid, but I don't think his role changes. He's just going to get his typical like 70 to 80 targets. Mm. And he's a touchdown guy, like he's boom or bust. But he's always been that. He's never been a guy that could earn targets. I don't think it probably changes. And I can see why people are drafting Kincaid high because you have two guys that are essentially their second and third options with Knox and Gabe Davis, and neither of those guys are target earners. They're there for a specific role. So there's probably more targets available for Kincaid and James Cook. But it's just, it's weird. The Bills are kind of going with a, uh, it. don't the Bills, isn't the Bills offense kind of starting to look a little bit like what the Chiefs looked like last year? Isn't that maybe what they're going for? Like, mm-hmm. can Cade be the main target? Okay, they still have Diggs, but we don't know how long Diggs is going to last. He can only be there like one more year, and then they go, well, we don't, just like the Chiefs did with Tyreek, you know? And then we just need our quarterback to distribute, but we cannot funnel the offense through Diggs. 30% target share and then all these other guys are shitty and like the teams can beat us that way like it's not multi-dimensional enough and we'll see I, I, I just wonder if maybe the Bills are kind of copying a little bit what the Chiefs did last year because even if you remember their GM's comments after they got knocked out he talked about it's really hard to get those elite weapons when you don't have them on rookie deals and now they have to pay their quarterback you know a massive cap hit going forward so like they're unless they draft their weapons they're not going to be able to load up their offense. So it's it's interesting to see what they're doing. I don't really particularly love taking that approach unless you literally have like Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know if Josh Allen is as good as Mahomes, but it's interesting to see what they're doing. They, they kind of zagged when everyone else was zigging, you know, they're like this receiver class is not worth picking a receiver. So right. we're going to go a tight end now. It, that's pretty long. Do you think the expectations for Kincaid are too high? I mean, I see people taking him in the top friggin' eight of non-hyper-premium drafts. Like 1.5 premium, I saw him go 1.7 today. Yeah, I think that's a little too high, especially if you're taking him over, you know, Will Levis or, or Zay Flowers. All Jordan the receivers. Madison. He went over yeah. all the first-round receivers but JSN. I mean, if you're drafting him there, he needs to be like Hawkinson Goddard level or better. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to do that his first year. So, yeah, I agree with you. That's too high for me. So final thoughts on the Bills. Is there anyone right now that if you're building teams like like we are that are just cuts? Naheem Hines, probably a cut if you need a spot. Yeah, I think Naeem Hines stood out to me. I, I'm going to keep Harris. Latavius Murray I'll definitely pick up and stash. Mm-hmm. But uh, And then those those wide receiver threes that we talked about, I think you could definitely cut those guys. And then – just kind of, we I know we were going to talk about the free agents. I'm not even going to look at the running backs, receivers, and tight ends. I think this team's kind of full, but I could see them being a team that signs Carson Wentz, what we talked about a little bit. Yep. yep. Um, all right, so next team, Miami Dolphins. So going over their draft class real quick, they only had four picks total. Uh, round three, Devin Chain. Round six, Elijah Higgins, tight end, uh, which they announced him as a tight end, which is nice. And then they took a seventh-round offensive tackle. So this team didn't have much draft capital at all. And then kind of looking at the quarterback situation here, Tua, Mike White, Skylar Thompson, I think those are the three quarterbacks locked in. If you still have some Skylar Thompson sitting around, I think he's definitely a safe cut. I'd go ahead and cut him. I think Mike White is definitely going to be the backup there. Otherwise, I just wouldn't have signed him. 
Uh, running back. So that this is one that's very interesting for me because Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., Devin Achain, those guys are locked probably on the team. And then you have Ahmed and Miles Gaskin, and we kind of talked about those earlier. I know how I feel about them. What do you feel about Ahmed and Gaskin? Hmm. I mean, one of them's getting cut. I think... Let me just say, I think Gaskin might be better, but I think the Dolphins like Ahmed better than Gaskin. So, and Ahmed plays special teams, and Gaskin doesn't. So that's so why think, Gaskin wasn't activated sometimes. So I think that's probably a place you can justify cutting both. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if they signed Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that's that's something else we didn't even mention. Like Dalvin Cook wants to go there. Um, you know, his friends, and I think he's from the area and stuff like that, too. And then um, if your Bengals cut Joe Mixon, like, could they look at Joe Mixon, too, maybe? You know, that's no, another the Bengals aren't cutting Mixon. He'll be their starter. Okay. Yeah, that I think that they, their move, their, their mindset has shifted. We'll talk about it when we get to Cincy. But, yeah, I think Miami's backfield, though, is that is a backfield that will add any and anybody they think could fit and they could care less what we think in terms of making their depth chart predictable. Yeah. I, the only one I think is safe is a chain and that's just cause they just drafted him. I, I don't even like, it wouldn't shock me if they're like, add most dirt. Sorry. You're, you're gone. Like, well, I don't, me. I don't even think that cause most and Wilson both signed two year extensions. Okay. Right. Now they were incentive laden deals. And I think Jeff Wilson got actually a little more money than Mostert. But I think the other thing that's interesting about that is I think Mostert and Jeff Wilson know Miami's where they need to play. Otherwise, they're probably out of the league. So I could see those guys being like, we don't care if we're getting the touches or not. You know what I mean? Like, this is a spot we need to be, and this could be a a backfield that runs four guys. Now, if they get Dalvin Cook, they're probably not going to run four guys. But I I don't know if they think A-Chain is more than a six to eight touch running back. I don't either, personally. So I see people drafting him where they are, and I'm just going like, man, it, he's probably the next Raheem Mostert, where mm-hmm. you just hope he can work handle more of a workload in short spurts than you you might think. But even that, like, if that's what you're getting, you need him to last until he's 31 like Mostert. And Mostert, the only reason he's here is because his first, like, what, six years, he was a nobody? Yeah. And... Do you feel comfortable taking a chain at the prices he's going at right now? 2-1, in your rookie drafts? I don't. I I don't, but in a lot of cases, it's who's the better option. You know, you told me it's Rasheed Rice or Jonathan Mingo. I'm like, I don't really want to take Oh, it's, it's, easily, yeah, it's easily Jonathan Mingo. I That's the thing. Is that's, he's doesn't a excite, stud. That doesn't Absolute excite me. Stud. Doesn't excite me to take them either. So, yeah, Miami's a tough one, but I think you can cut – you can justify cutting Ahmed and Gaskin and just being like, yeah. I'm going to bet that because here's the thing you and I, I think are like the only people that like those guys. So if you cut them, you could easily get them back in two months. I don't think there's going to be any sort of steam where it's like, Oh man, you got to go pick up. Even if Salvin Ahmed wins the job over miles Gaskin and he's on the roster and Gaskin isn't, I don't think there's going to be like, I got to go pick them up. So it yeah. also is like, I think if I cut him, I can get him back. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, Gaskin, I think it's like three years ago now, he was he was really good for them, um, especially at PPR leagues. And he was really good asset. I hope if he does get cut, he ends up, you know, finding a, a good little spot where he can at least be the two or the three 
um, and seeing what he could do there. I think Gaskin, um, I'm going to keep an eye on him. I actually have cut like one or two Gaskins just because I think Ahmed has the more likelihood to stay. But uh, maybe I'm thinking of that. But do you want them to stay? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, wouldn't you I, be more interested in Gaskin if they cut him today and he signed with like Cincy? Yeah, for sure. So like, yeah, you maybe want I'm, one of them to go. They both resigned, so it's like I think both I've of them cut should like, both leave. I think I've cut like two Gaskin and one Ahmed so far. So it's not like I completely depleted them. Like I had like ten shares of each, so it's not like. I'm I'm gonna be missing missing them that much. Yeah. I got a ton of them. So yeah, and the way I play it is there are guys where I'll look through because I track all my teams on a spreadsheet. I'll go through and I go, why the hell do I have this guy anywhere? Mm-hmm. And then I'll just cut them all. And guys like Gaskin and Ahmed, like I don't really want them, but I won't just go through and cut them in every league. I'll cut them in the ones that I actually need a spot. Versus like I went through and cut a couple guys the other day, and it's like, why do I have any Tyler Beatys? You know, yeah, like that's a guy I, I just cut. So I just cut them all. I don't even care what my team looks like. I'll just cut them all, go down to zero. But Ahmed and Gaskin, I'll keep a few if it makes sense. Yep. The rest of this team, other than Tyreek and Waddle, is there anyone else on Miami you even want? No. And I think that's kind of where we can leave it. Like, I have some Braxton and Berrios because um, him and Wes Welker together, I think could be really good, you know, with their wide receivers coach. Um, I definitely think that's a possibility, but we'll see what happens there. Um, so I have kept Barrios. Tight end wise, I think I don't know what the hell. Does this team do even care end. about the tight end? I don't think so. No, I mean I do like the Elijah Higgins call, but I'm just looking at free agent tight ends that are out there, and there isn't anybody that I'm remotely interested in. That if they sign there, I'm like, ooh, that's a great spot. Like there just isn't anybody. So there, there have been some Albert O to Miami rumblings. Yeah, because that we'll get into Denver here later. Like Albert O needs to find a new spot. So if that happens, um, definitely wheels up for Albert O. So let's see, Cedric. All the Cedric Wilsons can get cut. All the Robbie Andersons can get cut. The Braxton Barrioses can get cut. Hopefully you've cut all your Eric as a Conmas at this point. Yeah, I cut him. Braylon Sanders actually played above him, so if you had him for some reason. But, yeah, I'm cutting all those other receivers. You want Waddle. You want Tyreek. You want Tua. You want the running backs. And that is – and Elijah Higgins you can draft in round four or five, and I, I'd be comfortable with that. He is listed on MFL as a wide receiver, and I'm thinking on uh, – No, they changed well. him. MFL this morning, he changed to tight end. Okay, he's a tight end. Okay. So yep. that's nice. So he's a tight end on MFL now, so that's good. Uh, hopefully you got some early shares of him when he was a wide receiver for a little bit cheaper. And you so. want some Mike White because he's going to play. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's going to play at some point. He's probably going to lead down to the AFC Championship game, I would guess, for sure. Patriots are up. They had a massive draft. Like, I haven't seen this many draft picks for them in a while. So let me go through them here. Most of them are defense, but um, their first offensive pick was round four, a center. Um, Another round four, they took a guard. Round five, they took a guard. Round six was their first actual uh, position player, Kayshawn Boutte. 
Uh, Demario Douglas, round six. He's just a very small return type player. I don't see him being anything special. Uh, but yeah, that's it for them. They they replenished the offensive line there quite a bit though, with two guards and a center in the middle of the draft. So that's good um, for this running game. I like that. Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. I think I'm definitely holding on to those guys right now. Trace McSorley, if you had him, I don't know why why you're listening to this podcast. Uh, he should have never been on your roster ever. And then they signed Malik Cunningham as the UDFA. I don't think Malik Cunningham has any of the talent, so I'm not picking up Malik Cunningham anywhere. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, I mean, I think we can spend very little time on the Patriots just because they don't give a lot of excitement at all. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to hope, at least for now, that if you had the Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong from last year, like they, they actually kind of survived the draft. Mm-hmm. Like this team easily, I thought the Patriots would easily draft at least one of the bodies and just try to ruin them. Yeah, I but they didn't. So, I mean, th- you got to consider at least those guys players that you don't want to cut at this point. Mm-hmm. I and could see them being in the market to sign, you know, maybe take another sign, another running anyone. back. I'm, I mean, they signed James Robinson, so maybe not, but I don't know. They have Ty Montgomery still on the roster. They liked him quite a bit last year. I could see that being like a Bill Belichick kind of, I really like this guy cause he's just so multiple. He could play multiple different positions for us. So maybe this is what their final backfield. Ramondre Stevenson, obviously a big win for him coming out of the draft since they didn't take anybody. Ty Montgomery, I'm not rostering still. He's on like every waiver wire I've seen. James Robinson, we can talk about here in a second. And then Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. I'm going to still roster those guys as well because I think those guys have as good a shot as any to be the RB2 on this team. So do you agree with that? Yeah, they both got their feet wet last year. Like they, they played, they were competent. I'm willing to hold them into the preseason, see how they look in the preseason. See, I mean, there's a lot that can happen, but yeah, they were winners in terms of when I say winners, I meaning they literally survived your roster cuts. That, that's a winner compared to some other players. Anyone else on the Patriots, if you have right now, you're just, you're mm-hmm. just cutting regardless of the format. Like, did you have any Devonte Parkers and would you just cut him even in best ball? No, I, I held on the Parker. Obviously you're holding on the Juju. Uh, holding on to Tyquan Thornton. Kendrick Bourne is one that I've considered maybe cutting. I don't know. I, I think like I would. Bourne. He was productive in every play. I think he's better than Parker, honestly. Yeah. I'd and cut I've, him with Parker over him easily. Yeah. And last year's offense, like, I'm just kind of like taking that as like a just a write-off year. Like, mm-hmm. I think that offense was so bad. I think Mac Jones is going to be a lot, lot better this year. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to still hold Parker, Bourne, Juju, Tyquan Thornton. Butte's got a shot to be the wide receiver five, and we'll just see how he develops there. But anybody else on that roster, uh, receiver-wise, I'm not holding. Uh, running backs, like I talked about, Stevenson, Robinson, Strong, Harris, I like. Tight ends. Obviously, Gasecki and Hunter Henry are keeping. Gasecki could probably play some slot receiver for them, too. They could kind of, like we talked about with Buffalo, uh, playing a lot of two tight end sets. So I definitely like Gasecki. And that's pretty much it. Um, I'm going to hold Mac Jones and Zappi, those running backs, those uh, four or five wide receivers I talked about, and the tight ends. Um, and I found mm-hmm. myself drafting Boutte mm-hmm. where he goes because – that's a guy I can probably flip if he does anything. 
Right. And that's the sole reason. People will see me drafting Boutte and they'll go, why'd you draft a day three receiver? And I'm like, it's a flip player. That's it. It's a name. Like I drafted him in a uh, Dynasty Trades in Five League. I drafted him in a, it's a two PPR league. And I drafted him over Josh Wiley. Probably not the smart play in the format. But which which player is going to end up eating a roster spot for longer? It's probably going to be Josh Wiley. You know what I mean? No one's going to want him. I'm going to have to sit on him. Very good chance he becomes the next Hunter Long, or you know he just sits there. Boutte, I'm going to know. You know, but I think there's a chance I can easily get that roster spot back and probably flip for a pick upgrade uh, if I wanted to. So that's why I find myself drafting Boutte probably more than I anticipated. But that's. That's that's in a nutshell why this round three was so bad for rookie drafts. You know, like this, you're looking at like some because some of these leagues actually listen to us, and Boutte doesn't get drafted. You know, people go he's a roster clogger. They don't take him, and then he's sitting there at the end of the third. I'm like, okay, I'll just take him because mm-hmm. you know there's a chance that someone wants him if he does anything. So yeah, pa- Patriots yeah. are a mess. We can move on. Yeah, that's it for them. Uh, All right, on to the New York Jets, last team in the AFC East, kind of looking at their um, draft class. So round two, pick 12, they took Joe Tipman, who's going to be their center. Really good center, probably one of the best centers in the class. So definitely like that offensive line upgrade for Brees Hall and the rest of this team. Um, Izzy Abandikanda, one of mine and Scott's personal favorite running backs coming into this class. Uh, don't like absolutely love the landing spot, but I think his talent is enough to where he could easily be the RB2 here at some point uh, sooner rather than later. And then round seven, they took Zach Kuntz, the... Um, Raz Freak tight end. The kind of surprise that he fell all the way to round seven. I haven't found myself taking too much of him, but if he's there in like round four or five, and I'm just like, I don't know who to take. I don't mind taking a little bit of Zach Koontz, but he is buried. He has Uzama, Conklin, Jeremy Ruckerts, and then him behind, uh, Koontz behind them. So we'll see on that. Quarterback-wise, obviously we haven't um, talked about it, but Aaron Rodgers is now uh, on the New York Jets. Zach Wilson's the backup, and they brought in Tim Boyle, another one that's been with uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers for a lot of years. So I think those are going to be your three quarterbacks. Running backs, obviously, Brees Hall you're keeping. Um, Izzy Abanikanda you're keeping. And Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter, I think those are going to be your top four running backs there, and we'll see how it shakes out. Um, I would probably guess Carter and Zonovan Knight get the upper hand early, but I think Abanikanda's talent is going to win out, especially over Zonovan Knight and probably Michael Carter at some point. We talked a little bit about Travis Dye earlier. I I don't want any part of him. Uh, Do you agree there on the running backs and quarterbacks? Yeah, and remember remember when... Ezekiel Elliott came out and said the teams he was interested in were the Eagles, the Jets, and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And then those three teams said they're not interested in him. Yeah. But when that happened, Michael Carter was quote tweeted by Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. And Brees Hall tagged Michael Carter and said, hey, bro, we got enough in this backfield. We don't need Zeke. Yeah. So it's interesting. Michael Carter is viewed as the number two running back, at least in the eyes of Brees Hall. Now, mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be for a multitude of reasons, probably because he was the starter when Brees came in and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Michael but, Carter is the leader there. He's the most tenured running back there, believe it or not, and he's only in year three. Yep. I just 
it's, there's got to be something that gives here because Donovan Knight was good last year in a short period of time, a couple games. Mm-hmm. Michael Carter wasn't good last year, but then he got injured. He was also yeah. injured as a rookie. So there's probably some concerns on what Michael Carter is, but there's four good running backs in this backfield. I want all of them, mm-hmm. but I have a hard time seeing how they keep all of them. Mm-hmm. Like Donovan Knight's the kind of guy, if they cut him, he's not getting down to the practice squad. Someone would sign him. So I, I'm fine keeping all these guys. And actually, knowing you think there could be a move coming with one of them, obviously mm-hmm. not Brees and probably not a Bannacanda because they just drafted him. But either Michael Carter or Zonovan Knight, like th- whatever one they move from, I'm interested in the other one even more. Yeah. And then another thing I want to bring up here, we don't really talk about it too much, but man, this offensive line is really improved. So you're going to have Dwayne Brown at left tackle. Obviously, he's older, but he still can produce. Lankin Tomlinson, who's been a really good player in the league for a couple of years now. Joe Tipman, who I said they drafted at center. Vera Tucker, who's one of the best offensive linemen in the league. And then they could put Makai Becton, if he's healthy, at right tackle. Or they have Max Mitchell or Billy Turner, who they signed as well. Like, this is offensive line has got some pieces on it now, so... Uh, definitely interested in these running backs and then keeping up Aaron Rodgers. Um, we'll get into the wide receivers here. Like they have a ton of wide receivers and they just added another guy yesterday too. Um, but the only receivers that I think I would even want to roster are Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, McCole Hardman, just because they did sign him. So I think they're going to use him. And I think Corey Davis, you can still hang on to, but I'm kind of hoping Corey Davis gets traded here soon. Um, I think Denzel Mims, you can finally cut him. Like he's been on like most of my waiver wires, but if you still held on to the Denzel Mims dream, it's time to cut loose. Randall Cobb, I'm not having him, especially on this deep of a roster. And any of the other receivers, I'm not interested in. And then tight end wise, Conklin, I'm definitely gonna keep rostering. Uzama, I think you got a roster, but I think he's. He's borderline roster clogger. Like if he's just it's just a start one, one point five, he's gone. Jeremy Ruckert, I'm not interested in, even though he was a third round pick. I think like I talked about last year when he was drafted, like Conklin and Uzama signed multiple year deals in front of him and Ruckert wasn't gonna even play for two years. So I just don't like that. Like I we saw nothing from him last year at all. So I think I'm fine cutting Ruckert. If he ever becomes something, I'll just trade for him or pick him up or whatever. Koontz I talked about a little bit too. Like he's probably better than Ruckert, honestly. Um Rascor wise. We'll see what happens. But um yeah, what do you think about the the receivers and the tight ends on this team? I mean, Ruckert had a pretty good Ross score. I don't want to cut Ruckert, but yeah, this team has a lot of uh, intriguing third, fourth, fifth guys in the positional groups, and they're tough to cut, but they're also tough to hold on to at the same time. So I, I can't argue with cutting a Ruckert if you need to, cutting Uzama if you need to. It does kind of make me not want to draft Zach Koontz, though, unless something changes, because essentially they're looking at him probably the exact same way as Jeremy Ruckert, and my only concern with a guy like Zach Koontz is we've seen this before. We've seen this from Zach Davidson. Remember him? Super high RAS score. We've seen it from other guys where on paper it looks like, damn, that guy should have been like a third or fourth round pick, but he goes in the seventh or he's a UDFA. And that's probably the NFL just being like, we acknowledge he's an athletic freak, but he just isn't good at football. Like He's just probably not a good player. 
Because otherwise you'd be like, man, I got to get this guy, right? Because he's such a freak athlete. Like a lot of times that's what gets you drafted. So I think it's a big red flag that Zach Koontz went this low. I mean, I, I think the Zach Davidson comp is a really good one. Because you're going like, he just he played at a low level. So, you know, you just he just fell in the draft for that reason. Like maybe he's not that good. I don't know. So I don't know, man. I think you got to hope Corey Davis gets cut. They can cut Corey Davis for almost nothing. Like I'm still shocked. He was not moved around or they haven't gotten rid of him. but it might also be like a lot of teams. Like they have nothing to spend their money on right now. Yeah. Salah came out and said that Davis is, is going to be on the team that they, it, they value him. So they there's no reason not to, if they've already got all their money committed and it's already paid, like you're actually doing the players a favor by you're already committing the money. So like, unless you're going to go respend it on somebody else, then you might as well keep the guy and keep him around. Cause he probably brings more to the table than what he brings on the field. Right. You know what I mean, the athletic podcast brought his name up specifically and, and mentioned him as a team like Atlanta could trade for him because he knows Arthur Smith from Tennessee played in that offense. Like he would be a good fit in Atlanta. So if that happened, I'd be wheels up for Corey Davis as the wide receiver two there in Atlanta. Yep. yep. So. Yeah. The, the jets are tough because you want to, you can justify carrying mm-hmm. the four running backs, Davis Hardman, Garrett Wilson, Lazard, and honestly, you could justify keeping all the tight ends, but you don't really want yeah. to keep any of them other than yeah. Conklin, probably. This is this is going to be a sneaky good team this year. I think you'll be surprised where I have them in the rankings uh, when we do our predictions. Uh, real quick, if you have Zach Wilson, any draft pick gets him? I don't want to say any draft pick, but like... If you're gonna give me a third for him, sure. But no, like fourth, give me a or, third. would you take yeah. a fourth? No, I think I just hold him and just I'll bite the bullet on. Would see you, what happens Would you to package him. him with like the three oh nine to get the three oh four? Depends on what player I'm moving up for. You got to do it a round before, so you're hoping. Too you bad. Get I'm, like, I'm enough. I'm it's like find either out Chase Brown first. or Eric Gray. Would you do it for the difference between those two? No, I think I just hold him. Then you're we'll stuck see with what them because no yeah. one's giving you a third for Zach Wilson. No, I I, I acknowledge that nobody's going to give a, give me that for him. But I'm going to at least hold on to him. I'll just go down with the train on that one. You know, we'll see. Um, all right, so on to Baltimore now. So they took um, obviously Zay Flowers in the first round. Love that landing spot. And then they took um, a tackle and a guard in round six and seven. And uh, Andrew Voorhees, the guard they took in round seven, is going to redshirt this year uh, because he tore his uh, ACL or tore something. I forget what it was, but in the uh, combine. So he's not going to be there this year. Uh, but, yeah, so quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson obviously just signed his new deal uh, right before the NFL draft. So that was really good news to see Lamar got his money, got paid, well-deserved. Uh, Tyler Huntley and Anthony Brown are there. I'm going to still hold on to Tyler Huntley because we have seen Lamar still get hurt and Huntley has produced when he has played. So I'm going to still hold on to Tyler Huntley in leagues. Anthony Brown, I'll I'll go ahead and cut. Uh, I'm not going to carry the number three quarterback on Baltimore. Running backs, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. And that's probably going to be your main three right now. They have Keaton Mitchell, 
um, as the fourth guy, but he's just a small return guy. So this is kind of an interesting backfield that we thought a running back would end up here, and they didn't. Um, So kind of looking at the um, free agent running backs, I don't think they're in play for like Zeke or Fournette or Kareem Hunt or anybody like that, but it wouldn't shock me if they like, hey, Daryl Williams, hey, Dontrell Hilliard, hey, Royce Freeman. Come, you know, come back to us or, hey, Kenyon Drake, you couldn't find a deal. You want to come back and play for one year, one million dollars? Like, that wouldn't shock me if they Melvin brought Gordon. in. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, uh, Justin Jackson, like Marlon Mack, any of these types. Like, it wouldn't shock me if they brought in one of these guys here it, soon. Expect it. The Ravens yeah. have done that every single year. They bring in at least one or two of those guys because... Yeah. There is no way you can look at J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill and say we're relying on all three of those guys to stay healthy because they've literally missed like half of the last three years combined. Yeah, so expect Baltimore to definitely be in play uh, for another one of those running backs. Like I said, I'm not expecting like the top-tier ones that are excuse me, available, but one of those lower-tier guys, definitely. Um, Wide receivers, so... I don't know if this is hot takey at all, but I think Zay Flowers is going to be the alpha here. Do you agree? Uh, no. Interesting. Okay. I think it, the alpha will be Odell. I don't. I think Zay Flowers is better because his Odell. name's his name's Odell. So that the I kind of I I pushed back when Ray said this, but I think his name is Odell. He will be the alpha to start, and then they'll probably realize. This guy shouldn't be the alpha anymore. Right. And we'll see how it works. But I, I guarantee you start the season and all the talk is Odell Beckham. Odell, he'll have nine targets in the first game and you'll be going, he was the guy to have. And slowly you're going to probably go, man, I wish I would have not had any Odell because I just don't think he's going backwards at this point. Like, sure, can he yeah. still give me a, you know, I mean, 70 is... catch season for inefficient yardage and some touchdowns. Yeah, but I think they're going to try to make him the alpha and then realize they need to probably do something different. So I don't know mm-hmm. what that looks like. But the good thing about the Ravens is they have a very concentrated receiver room. I mean, barring that mm-hmm. like Aguilar, or Devin Duvernay don't do anything more than they've ever done. Like, I think it's very clear. I only want three receivers on Baltimore and then I'll take the three tight ends and then any running back on a roster. But right now I... I could I could really not care like I'm not even rostering Justice Hill so he'd be a guy if he was on another team where we would go man he's at least the number three on a good offense we would love it until it's Justice Hill and we well yeah like after our um, our rosters expanded in the offseason that was one of the guys I picked up just because he was available everywhere but in my rookie drafts he's usually one of my first cuts that I've cut this year even though he survived the draft technically and didn't get anybody to replace him. Uh, but I he has been one of my first cuts. I agree with you on the receivers. Odell, Bateman, Zay Flowers are probably the only ones I want to own. I still have like a Aguilar or two hanging around, but you know, you cutting those Duvernays because a lot of people probably have him from last year, but he is an absolute roster clogger. Yeah, I think I'd be fine with it. Plus, coming off of his major injury too, like he might not even play half the year this year. So I would be fine cutting Duvernay and any of these other receivers. Like I still see people holding on to Tylen Wallace. Like, what are you doing? Like, get rid of him already. Yeah, that's Um, and and some James Prochets are still hanging out there on teams. Maybe Andy Isabella's on a team too. Like, no, no, thank you. You still got some Uh, Shamar Bridges. You loved him. 
No, I, I cut him all but if he didn't make the team last year because he got cut out of camp. So I cut him then. Um, I like Dante Demas a little bit, but I'm not picking him up. Like, I'll just, like, if he ever becomes something, then sure. But I'm not picking him up or drafting him at all. Um, I agree with you on the tight ends. Mark Andrews, likely Charlie Kohler, you're keeping those tight ends. So um, I think that's pretty much it for Baltimore. Any more thoughts on Baltimore? Nope. All right, so we're going to go on now to your Cincinnati Bengals, and we're going to take a look at their draft class here. And they took um, wide receiver Charlie Jones in round four, Chase Brown round five, Andre Osivas uh, round six, and that was it for their offensive players. So they got three pretty decent um, offensive players later on, so that was nice to see. They got um, Joe Burrow some weapons there. Uh, Obviously, Burrow is their quarterback. They just signed Trevor Simeon yesterday to be the backup. Um, I could have seen this team being like a Carson Wentz team, but I think they just decided, hey, we're going to sign Trevor Simeon. So Trevor Simeon is going to be the backup. Brandon Allen just signed yesterday with San Francisco, so Brandon Allen is not going to be there anymore either. Uh, Running backs, you can talk about Joe Mixon. I, you know, you probably know a little bit more than I do. Chase Brown lands in a really good spot here. Love the landing spot for Chase Brown. Uh, Travion Williams, who I've seen a bunch of people pick up, like no thanks. Um, he's been in the league since 2019 and hasn't done a damn thing. So I'm not taking him. And Chris Evans, we can talk about. Like he kind of survived the draft a little bit. Like they didn't take multiple guys. But Chris Evans hasn't done anything either. Is, is Chris Evans somebody that you want to hold on to? No, I think Travion Williams and Chris Evans are just like Justice Hill. Like we yeah, really I agree. Want them. So they're. Yep. This is another team that could add another body. I expect them to add another body. Like. I, yeah, I they they could sign to. Zeke or Kareem Hunt for cheap. I that wouldn't shock me or Fournette. Like Fournette joining up with all these LSU guys, I could see that. Yep. Yeah, so that's another one where you just probably want to keep it to uh, Chase Brown and Mixon, and then not worth rostering Trevor Simeon. You know, if you ever, I, it wouldn't be a bad system to have. Yeah, Trevor like Simeon I didn't. If he if he got injured, he'll be one of those backups you make sure you pick up every week if he's out there. Yeah, like if you have the injured reserve spot to to fill. Yeah, um, yeah, he's just like Brandon Allen. Like I never. Uh, rostered Brandon Allen ever unless it was just a Sunday morning pickup uh, just in case, you know, kind of thing. Uh, talk about Mixon, though. You you think he's not going to get traded now? Well, I don't think he was ever going to get traded. I or, think it was uh, either gonna, I'm sorry. It was either going to be he's cut or he takes a pay cut. And, you know, the reports always were they're going to ask him to take a pay cut. He's going to say no, and then they're going to cut him. But now they're talking about like they're building. I know they. I, I listened to an interview like two days before the draft, and their offensive coordinator said they need to be able to find a running back in the draft to complement Joe Mixon. So whether that's Chase Brown or not, I don't know. But those words are totally different than what this the message was two months ago, where it was like, yeah, we're not sure. I mean, of course, why would you commit twelve million dollars to a running back when? You don't know what you're going to do in free agency. You know, like it, you can't really say, oh yeah, for sure he's going to be on the team. Same with Jonah Williams. Like they could trade Jonah Williams and they're not going to. So I think they've already committed. Like they're going to pay Jonah Williams and Joe Mixon on one year deals, basically, because they're too good to just dump for nothing. If you're not going to spend the money somewhere else, then it's already a sunk cost. You know what I mean? So I I don't think he goes anywhere. Honestly, I I think Mixon's a great buy at this point because there there's a very good chance they just 
even if they sign a guy, their their default to start the year is going to be let's ride Joe Mixon again. Now, whether that means they're better or if he's done or whatever, but I think that's going to be the plan. I, I think they're not deviating from that. So if you're telling me, I mean, dude, there's leagues where you can get Joe Mixon for like a late second. I just traded him yesterday in our USFFL league. I saw that. And I, I traded mean, him and I got like I, I got a, a Devi quarterback and I got a, a running back body back that I think could have a, a decent role in Chuba Hubbard. So I was I was fine making that move. So. Yeah, I, I think he's just probably a decent buy at his price. He's a perfect player. You can pivot off of a higher, a higher tiered running back that people think, oh man, that guy's younger. He's got fresher legs. Like, can you get Joe Mixon plus for Rashad White? Because I don't even know if Rashad White's that great, and he's probably yeah. going to be on a bad team. So, like, he's not the kind of guy you just hold because he's young. So I think if you can get a deal like that, like that's what I'd be looking to do with those types of guys versus, you know, sell Mixon because he's going to be mm-hmm. done. Like even if he's cut, he's going to get at least another shot somewhere and he might just be done. But yep. yeah, I think he becomes a buy. And then honestly, the rest of the Bengals, it, the Bengals are pretty easy to determine who to roster. Like I don't really want to roster anybody except for the three receivers, probably Charlie Jones. I'll pick up a couple shares. Yep. Yeah, I don't want. I I don't, haven't really taken uh, any Osvias. Um, I don't think you do either. But no, yeah, no, Ch- that... Ch- Chase Higgins, Boyd, I'm keeping. I'll take some Charlie Jones. I don't want to roster anybody. If you still had Trenton Irwin from last year, I think he's safe to drop now, uh, since they did draft two receivers basically. So I think Trenton Irwin you can drop. And then the the shock of all is Irv Smith survived the draft without them drafting anybody. So, I mean, Irv Smith is if he can stay healthy, he's in a really good spot this year. And like I talked about earlier, there is nothing out there at tight end to sign. So, um, yeah, and I don't think they care much about tight end. Which I mean, I get, no. apparently they had Sam Laporta as their tight end too, so they wouldn't even have drafted Michael Mayer, which. They passed on Michael Mayer, remember? He was sitting right there. Yeah, and they passed on Laporta, too. And they didn't take him, so they did, right. They really went with their board. They weren't even, I mean, people are like, oh, yeah, they're going to take Mayer if he's there. They, yeah. they just don't value the tight end that much, fair or not. I mean, they're just yep. playing a little bit differently. So, yeah, I guess Irv Smith is, uh, by default, you got to put him in the top 20, top 24. And yep, agreed. It is what he is. But well, hopefully he survives. Do you have a feeling of who the tight end two would be to own? Would it be Ossie Ossie or Sample? Yeah, it's it's probably Sample on the field, but Ossie Ossie would be the only one I would roster. Like, he's got an okay profile, but... Would that I, be somebody you pick up now on waivers and no, kind of stash or no? no not even the super, super deep two tight end leagues would I pick up Ossie Ossie, okay. but... Don't don't be shocked if like oh man he's looking good in camp and oh man he's I might look as good as Irv Smith you know that's the only right. danger with Irv Smith is like he's not guaranteed anything you know like nothing about anything he's done in the NFL plus the Vikings not keeping him like there's there's nothing to believe that he's anything other than just yep we're gonna take a shot on him he signed for one point nine five million dollars. That's not a player. That's almost the league minimum. So it isn't like, oh, he's a big name for Dynasty, but like the NFL just was like, yep, cool. That guy's on our roster now. That's it. Like he's not some starter that you have to have. So, yeah, very easy. You only need to roster really right now, probably like six Bengals. Yep. Honestly. For sure. Agreed. All right. So now on to the Cleveland Browns, looking at their um, haul in the draft. They 
round three, they took uh, Cedric Tillman, which was their first pick of the draft. Uh, Dewan Jones, the massive right tackle from Ohio State in round four. Uh, they took quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson round five, and then they drafted um, Ohio State center in round six um, that they think can develop into a starting center too. So uh, decent draft there for the Browns with not having a first or a second round pick. Quarterback-wise, obviously, Deshaun Watson. I have taken three shares of Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and I've been the guy that shitted on him the entire time. I didn't like him, but I have Deshaun Watson, so that's the only reason I've taken him so far on three times. So I think that's going to be shocking to people. Josh Dobbs. I could see him being the backup for like half the year, and then maybe DTR kind of takes over and is just better. Um, Kellen Mond, if you still have him, he's probably going to be cut at some point. I would just get rid of him. I'm probably cutting Dobbs, too. I don't think he's anything special, so I'm not holding on to him. Running back-wise, they have Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford. Those are probably the only two guys I want to roster right now. They have Demetric Felton, John Kelly as well. Uh, they did get a, um undrafted guy Hassan Hall that they gave a pretty decent money to so I'm not interested in him either but there's been talks of um because Kareem Hunt has just had no offers out there at all like the Browns could just be like hey if you want to come back here's like one year three million again or something like that like it wouldn't shock me if like they wanted to get away from Hunt and maybe they wanted Zeke or Fournette even like it wouldn't shock me if they went that route too uh, but right now um, Chubb and Ford are definitely the guys to own here. Don't you agree? Yeah, I mean, that this is another team. All three of the teams in the AFC North we've done thus far, you could easily see them adding another running back that just zaps the backup. So, but as for now, yeah, you got to say Jerome Ford's basically like the Patriots backs where they, they just survived the, the yeah, season. I mean, I survived I the a... offseason thus far. I was in a uh, a league the other day. I think it's either four. I think it's fourteen teams, um, and somebody offered me, and it's IDP too. So he, somebody offered me a third and a fourth for Jerome Ford. I couldn't have hit except fast enough. So, if you want to take that risk on Jerome Ford, go ahead. I'll take your free third and fourth round picks in uh, IDP league. So, yeah, uh, the the real messy thing for the Browns is what the hell do you do with their receivers? This is an interesting one to talk about because I think uh, right. They, there's four to hold, and then everyone else you can cut, and that means got to pour yeah. one out for old David Bell. I've been cutting him and uh, moving yep. on. Yeah, I've cut him, uh, David Bell quite a few times already, and I think everybody else should as well. I think Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Cedric Tillman are the four that you're talking about that you want to keep. I think Marquise Goodwin is a best ball only wide receiver. I'm not carrying him in lineup league, so... Um, if you still had Goodwin from last year, I think if it's a best ball league, okay, is like your last spot. But um, lineup leagues, I don't want to carry Marquise Goodwin. You're never going to know when to start him unless they just have massive injuries. Any of these other receivers um, that are on the team, like David Bell, Anthony Schwartz, if you are still on the uh, Michael Woods is the next Cedric Wilson train, um, he'd 
blew his Achilles out or ACL or whatever it was. Uh, he's out for the year, so you can safely drop him. And none of these other guys, like, there's some decent names, but, like, not names that I'm going to carry. So, uh, yeah, just those four receivers and maybe a fifth with Goodwin. Uh, tight ends, David Njoku, definitely keeping him. Harrison Bryant, still a decent backup. They signed Jordan Akins, who has some familiarity with Watson as well. I'll still hold on to Bryant. Akins, I'm not going to roster either. I think I can let him go. He's nothing, like, that special, but... Uh, yeah, Watson, Chubb, Ford, maybe DTR as well. The four receivers, Joku and Bryant for me. No Jordan Akins. I've picked him up in a couple leagues. Just buried. Yeah, I think he's buried. Like, Har- like he's going to split with Harrison Bryant, if anything. Like, I could see Akins being that annoying guy who ends up with, like, six touchdowns, and they're all from, like, the two-yard line. And he just pisses you off every Sunday because it's not Njoku or Nick Chubb running it in. So I could definitely see that. Their offensive line is still really, really good. Um, The reason they drafted DeWan Jones is because we have the best offensive line coach in the league in Bill Callahan, and that guy just develops offensive linemen. So you're giving DeWan Jones that big ball of clay to uh, Bill Callahan to make into a starting monster tackle i love it so that was like a home run spot for dewan jones love the spot there yeah i think the browns are pretty simple the tight ends are tough for me but it's four receivers two running backs and two to three tight ends depending on your format but uh yep yeah that's it And it's interesting how you like dtr because when he when he got drafted by the browns i remember you in the chat going wtf yeah i not that I like love the pick or anything, or I'm like super excited to have him. I only I'm only taking him just because he's probably Watson's backup, and if he ever had to start with Watson out, like he's at least a, a rushing quarterback who has some upside. So I, I can at least acknowledge that part. So that's why I took him, just in case Watson got hurt. I, if I didn't have Watson, I wouldn't have never taken him. Hmm. So. Um, All right, so on to Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh had a really good uh, draft. A lot of people are praising them. So at uh, pick 14, they traded up with New England and got Broderick Jones ahead of the Jets. Big offensive tackle. Um, Darnell Washington in round three, who slipped quite a bit. Um, A lot of people were mocking him in the first round and a lot of mock drafts early on, but he ends up falling to round three. Um, Supposedly, he has a little bit of a knee issue. Um, That's why he slipped, and then they took a guard in round seven. Uh, So Pittsburgh, looking at their depth chart right now, Kenny Pickett, um, obviously he's going to be the starter. Mitch Trubisky. I think you can hold on to still. I've um, I had him in a league and I traded him to like move up in the draft so I could open up a roster spot. Um, I just don't think Trubisky is. I think he's kind of just showing what he is. He's never going to be anything good. He's just like a a solid backup now. Like he's never going to be a someone starter ever again, in my opinion, unless an injury occurs. But yeah, I think Trubisky. Like if you had to, I'd be fine cutting him. I don't know. You can maybe chime in on that. Running backs, they didn't add anybody here, so it's going to be Najee Harris and Jalen Warren again. Love those two. And they've just shown that those other running backs are just not worth anything. So McFarlane, Huntley, Master Teague, I'm not holding on to any of those running backs. So uh, what do you think about uh, Trubisky and the running backs? 
Yeah, Trubisky's been a guy that I've cut, but it's probably not smart if you're holding on to other backups. Like, he's still probably one of the top 10 backups in the league. Like, reality is, he probably is. And he's got tons of NFL experience, and he can run. So, you know, we just get warped on the name. We're like, yeah, this guy started last year, and he stunk. But truly, if you're rostering other backups, like, it's hard to say you shouldn't be holding him. But, you know, you can probably let some of those guys go. I mean, it's hard to justify holding Tyrod Taylor, but not Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're going to roster one or the other, just just pick your shots where you have extra spots, but I'm fine cutting those backup quarterbacks now, knowing that probably someone's not racing to the wire to steal that Trubisky from you. So probably get them back if you build your team that way. So another one that I wanted to mention before we get in the receivers is this offensive line. Uh, they were talking about it on the athletic that this offensive line with the adding Broderick Jones and their free agents that they brought in this year on the offensive line, that this offensive line now is probably middle of the pack compared to where it has been like the past couple years before where it was like almost dead last. Like they've improved this offensive line enough to now where it's like at least middle of the road. So I think that's going to only help Najee Harris and only help Kenny Pickett even more. So I don't want to say like I'm giving like a massive boost up for Kenny Pickett and Najee and, and those guys, but I'm looking at them as more positively now than I was before with, with how bad their offensive line is. So I just wanted to throw that in. Uh, wide receiver. So Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Allen Robinson, who they traded for, um, basically for nothing, got him for free. I, I, uh, I think that's a good spot for them. Uh, but any of their other wide receivers, I'm not holding on to. I think the only one people might have is Calvin Austin. If you want to hold on to him, go ahead. But I'm not holding on to him. I'm gonna Deontay Pickens and Robinson. I think are are more than fine. Those are gonna be their starting three. Tight ends: Fryermuth and Darnell Washington are the only tight ends I want to hold on to. Zach Gentry, Connor Hayward, I'm not interested in at all. So those guys can go to your waiver wires if you had them for any reason. Uh, but Fryermuth and, and Washington, Washington is just going to be like, I don't want to call him Jordan Akins like we just talked about, but I can see him being the annoying like six to seven touchdown guy just in the red zone, doesn't do anything um, that much. But I am interested in him too for another reason is Fryermuth uh, with his concussion history. Like, Washington could end up being the starter here, too. So I'm not, like, completely out on Washington, but, you know, he's probably just going to be a, I don't want to say situational role player, but he's just not going to have the impact that people thought were like, oh, he's going to go in the first round and stuff like that. Yeah, but I, you're able to get Washington so late. I mean, I just got him at the 405. Oh, that's yeah. That's one of our drafts. Money. I think it was Dynasty Masters. I just got him at four hundred five. Okay, yeah, that's that's easy. Money and I just auto picked him. Like if he's there, he's there. But if not, I don't really care. But yeah, like yeah, he's that's... falling for he's falling a round or two behind. Like you know, Brenton Strange. Yeah, for sure. And I'm like, I'll, I, that's where I'm gonna, and that's kind of where we had him before. Remember, we did that very early mock, and like no one even wanted him. Yeah. And like, that's exactly where he landed. Yeah, he fell in the NFL draft, but I think there's just enough stink on him where it's like he's going around behind, like, Tucker it was, Kraft. um, 
It was before the combine because nobody wanted him before yes. the combine. Yes, it was and the Debbie he, mock that we did, and we were like, yeah. "Yeah, no one even wants this guy." And, and then he makes a one-handed catch at the combine in front of everybody, and now he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. And it's just not going to work out. So, uh, but no, Pittsburgh, pretty much those three receivers, the two tight ends, uh, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, and Fryermuth and Washington, the tight ends. That's pretty much all I want right now. I think you agree. Hey, Destination Devi listeners, Eric here of the America's Game podcast, and hopefully by now you've heard that Underdog Fantasy has partnered up with Destination Devi. You want to get in all of these year-long best ball contests and compete with Ray Garvin, Ike and Gene of the Off the Line Fantasy podcast, Adam and Mike of 4D Chess, and Scott Connor and myself at the America's Game Pod, well, now is your chance. If you sign up with the code America's Game, all one word, you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100 free by Underdog Fantasy. The best part of that, though, if you deposit at least $10, you will get access to the Destination Devi Discord for free. You'll get it for one full year, and now is the time to do it right before the NFL draft and get all those goodies that are going on right now in the Destination Devi Discord. And right now, as we know, it is tax money season. Are you getting any money back? Why don't you take $100 and deposit it on Underdog Fantasy, and you'll get a free 100 from Underdog, and you'll get access to Destination Devi. There is no better deal going on right now than that. So use that promo code America's Game, once again, all one word, and sign up today. Now, back to the show. Okay, Houston Texans, moving on. C.J. Stroud, obviously at number two overall, going to be their quarterback of the future. Tank Dell, they took in round three. And I guess um, from a sleeper report that came out yesterday, C.J. Stroud told Houston, I want Tank Dell, because I guess they worked out together, have a good relationship, so... You know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, they took a center in round seven, and then round six, they also took Xavier Hutchinson, a wide receiver out of Iowa State. So, looking at the quarterback situation, TJ Stroud, obviously Davis Mills and Case Keenum are there. I've seen you drop a bunch of Case Keenum, obviously, because he's just the uh, the mentor type player I'm now. Like, a, yeah, Davis Mills, I'm fine cutting too. I don't think he's anything special either. So uh, you can go ahead safely cut both of those guys. Keenum, like I said, he's probably more of like the coach slash like mentor type guy for CJ Stroud, which I think is fine because Case Keenum could play that role pretty well. Like I wouldn't shock me if one day Case Keenum's an offensive coordinator in the NFL when his career's over, you know, kind of that kind of thing. Well, um, and- People were holding those two backups with the chance they didn't draft a quarterback. So I think that was the only reason. No one yeah. really wanted either one of those guys, but they were worth holding just to see that. That was those were one of the first two cuts I made. Yep. As I soon as they that. draft Stroud, that I'm cutting both backups. Don't even not even bothering because I don't think it's going to be a good enough offense where it's like I gotta have the backup. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Running backs, Damian Pierce, another huge winner from the draft. They did not draft a running back, so Damian Pierce wheels up. They signed Devin Singletary. I think he's just a guy. Like I don't think he's anything special. Yes, he's going to definitely get some touches and be annoying for Damian Pierce owners, uh, but like I said, he's just a guy. Like He's... 
any third round pick almost you can probably have him from me like i just think don't think that highly of him mike boone they also signed so you know he's going to be there they love dare ogumwale as well he's probably going to be there Xavier valade i know people like him for some reason uh he went undrafted i'm not picking him up or drafting him anywhere not interested so you agree here on the running backs yeah i mean this is one of those backfields where somebody is going to be there that you don't expect. It's like I could, I, I could justify cutting Xavier and validate because here's the other thing. If I have, I'm holding some Mike Boone's. Are you? Uh, I think I'm probably still have a couple hanging around, but once I get to those rookie drafts and I need a spot, he's probably gone. He's been one of the ones I'm teetering on. Do I just mass cut Mike Boone and just, cause I mean, do you really, think there's not a chance they bring in another guy too i mean maybe they do but or do you think yeah, they just go like, with boone dare or validate and they i just could see them there? saying hey hey royce freeman you want to come back and see what happens in camp you yeah. know something like that yeah i agree with rex that. burkhead comes back yeah Burkhead's mark ingram a, signs yeah something like that um, wait a second somebody from the san francisco tree so that's where salvin Ahmed goes yeah, or Tevin Coleman or something. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that Damian Pierce and Singletary are probably the only running backs I want to carry right now. Wide receiver, this is a little bit of a, a cluster. Um No, it's not. There's 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 I mean, four guys just, there, I would well, want. Well, I mean four a four guys. A cluster as in there's thirty five of them. You know what I mean? Okay, not, well, not get which, rid of the ones that are worthless, which is all of them. But but four. I don't know which ones those are. That's the problem. I like Nico Collins. Mechie's going to have a spot. Robert Woods is going to have a spot. Tank Dell's going to have Dell. a spot. That, that's it. Those are the four. They I, brought, they I don't signed. want any Noah Brown. I'm just saying they signed Noah Brown. They drafted Xavier Hutchinson. They're not just going to cut Xavier Hutchinson. Amari Rogers they brought in last year. He did okay, but the rest of those guys you can probably cut. But there's just so many guys here, and I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Um, because Tank Dell's a slot guy. John Mechie's a slot guy. Uh, Robert you know, Woods was terrible last year. Yeah, Robert Woods is listed on here as the slot receiver. So, like, they just have, like, a bunch of different guys for, like, the same role. So I don't know how it's going to work out there. The guy I want is Nico Collins. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Nico Collins is big-time stock up. So are you even bothering picking up Xavier Hutchinson or no. would you just are you cutting any Noah Brown? Yeah, I've cut some Noah Browns already. So I've cut him, I've cut Hutchinson, I've taken Tank Dell only in best ball. I'm not taking him in lineup. And then uh Nico, Mechie, and Robert Woods. I'm fine uh rostering those guys right now. But Robert Woods is he's on the end of his career, so like I'm not even interested in even really having him. If somebody gives me any draft pick for Robert Woods, he's yours. Pretty sure I saw him on one of your auto accept blocks and you wanted a third. I'm probably sure I did that. And I don't and know I why laughed. you I don't know why you haven't sent me the third yet. Well, how about we go through these uh Texans tight ends because they are exciting. Yeah, uh, Dalton Schultz. Like, how bad is it that even on this website that we're looking at, that Brevin Jordan's the fourth tight end? I, <laughs> you know he, what I just, you know Brevin what I just Jordan's traded the other cut. day. Yeah. Here's a trade I made the other day. I traded <laughs> David Bell and Brevin Jordan, and guess what I got back? 
ten dollars in fab. Leonard Fournette. Oh my goodness. Then I'm going, if there's any of these three that are gonna ever be usable, it's the guy I got. Not these two that I'm literally I don't want to cut them because their name is they still have a name, but they're both absolutely useless. Yeah. And I, I know you guys can't see the video right now, but I see red and blue flashing lights behind Scott's window right now, and they're coming to arrest him for theft. Jesus. Those are the kind of trades you make where you go, man, can I dump some of these roster cloggers that still have a name yeah. and literally target the guy that people are going on? If they don't have their roster built right, yep. the person's probably going, what the hell do I do with this Leonard Fournette or this Zeke? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care if Leonard Fournette retires. I'd rather have him with the shot that he doesn't retire mm-hmm. versus having been stuck with David Bell. And and trust me, these were already after I exhausted I th- all efforts to spam David Bell for a fourth, Brevin right. Jordan for a fifth. No one wanted him. Yeah, and I think that's my first thing is what you just said. If I'd spam Brevin Jordan and David Bell types first just because they have some name cachet still. Um, and see if anybody will give you anything for him. I don't even care if it's like fifty dollars in fab that you can spend on undrafted free agents at the end of your draft. Like even that, I would take. But yeah, I, I would definitely do that before cutting him. And honestly, the only tight end here is Schultz that you want to roster. Tegan uh, Quatoriano, I don't really want him. He wasn't really a good Raz uh, tight end, anyways. It, but is yeah. Schultz a winner from this draft? Like, would you be shocked if he ends up with a hundred targets? No, I th- I think he's definitely a winner from this draft for sure. Yeah, that's and they talked about him on the athletic podcast as maybe he's the slot receiver kind of more too. So I don't think that's probably gonna work out. I think he's probably the tight end, but you know they could use them out and split them out a little bit too. Looking at this depth chart, was it kind of dumb for this team to trade their first next year? Yes. <laughs> they should have traded the Cleveland first, but I bet Houston was like, No, we want your first. Yeah, I'm just so, looking at this offense going, how is it going to be good? I don't know. I don't know on that one. All right, so Indianapolis Colts. So, obviously, uh, first pick um, was Anthony Richardson. Love the pick. Love the fit. Josh Downs in round three. Uh, they took Blake Freeland, an offensive tackle, in round four. Uh, round five, Will Mallory, the tight end. Round five, also Evan Hull, the running back from Northwestern. And then another... Um, Offensive lineman in uh, round seven as well. So looking at um, the Colts right now, so quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson, I think I'll hold on to those guys. If you still have Sam Ellinger, it's kind of like Trace McSorley, like what the hell are you doing uh, kind of thing. He's He should be gone. And then running backs, you got Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, Evan Hole. I think I'm comfortable carrying those four guys still. I think you agree, right? Okay. Yep. Um, Let's see. Wide receiver-wise, I think Josh Downs, Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman Jr., that's probably all I want. I've cut uh, Isaiah McKenzie almost everywhere, too. Yep. Don't want any of the other receivers, and it's, it's been tough for me to actually draft Josh Downs, too, honestly. Like he's there, but he usually goes way higher than I'm willing to take him. People are still taking him like early second, mid second, and I just can't. I I'm I still like Downs. I think he's gonna be 
a pretty good receiver in the league still. So, and I mean, this rookie mini camp, but him and Richardson are already having a good connection together. So, we'll see. You like how that Downs one. better than Alec Pierce? I think so. Yes. I think so. I mean, I could see Alec Pierce doing pretty good too. I, I just, I didn't like Alec Pierce last year. I, I like Downs better. So, uh, but I'll, I'll hold on to both of them and just see what happens. I, I could be wrong on Pierce, and Pierce is better than Downs. I could be uh, totally wrong on that. You think this is a team that maybe explores not extending Michael Pittman? Nah, I think Pittman's gonna. He's their guy for sure, and they're gonna need weapons ar- around them. Um, I don't see them really in the market to maybe sign a receiver either. I think they're kind of done. But and then they're obviously not going to bring in a running back. Um, tight ends, Jelani Woods. I think he's. This is a tough tight end room here. Yeah, there's five guys here that we we all liked, um, but Jelani Woods is definitely going to stick around. I think Mo Ali Cox could definitely be a cut, especially he's, with a. New... He's the one I've cut. He's got no upside. Yeah. He's thirty years old. He's been there for like six years. He is what he is. And it's a whole new coaching staff. Like they might not even want him. And they obviously, you know, Kylan Granson. I've cut him in a couple spots. You know that these lesser tight end premium leagues. Um, I still like the talent, but we'll see here. Will Mallory. They drafted in the fifth round, so. You know, I'm fine taking some Will Mallory in round four or five in my rookie dress. He is buried, but if Mo Alley gets cut and then he battles Kylan Granson and he's better than Granson, then he's the tight end too. I've cut all my Andrew Ogletree. Yeah, Ogletree coming off the ACL. Yeah, I'll believe it um, if he ever becomes something again. But um, yeah, I think Jelani... Granson and Mallory are the only three that I want, and and Granson is like borderline. So how how do you think their RB two is going to truly shake out when push comes to shove? Do you think it'll end up being Evan Hall because he's probably undervalued if that's the case? I think it's I think Zach Moss is going to be the Taylor backup in case the he's Taylor hurt, just, backup and then Jackson. Yep, and Jackson and Hall will be the receiving guys. I mean, kind of like how Buffalo's doing it. This isn't the the regime that liked Deion Jackson, though. So, yeah, but he played decent last year for them, so I think that's why he's there. Um, so you know what? And then their new offensive coordinator is Jim Bob Cooter, and didn't Jim Bob have? Uh, wasn't he the Theo Riddick coordinator, or was that somebody else? I'm thinking. Oh, of. he was for a short period of time. Yeah, but I, I just wonder with Deion Jackson because he's a guy that we never thought we'd make the team last year, and then did out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But then it's a new regime, so you, you never yep. know. I, I've cut some Deion Jackson just because I had so much. I could see it, but I could see him being a guy that you pick up uh, once mm-hmm. the preseason starts around. So, yep, yep, he's probably uh, not. He wouldn't be one of the first ones I would cut. But that's an interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting backfield for sure. And then quickly, just like a couple receivers that people might still be carrying: Mike Strawn and Ashton Doolin. And I'm cutting those guys. <sighs> If you are still Isaiah McKenzie, I'm cutting too. So those three, I'm cutting. Pierce Pittman Jr. Downs are the only ones I want at receiver. Yep. Uh, okay, Jacksonville now. So let's go to their um, draft this class here. This one's very easy. They drafted off f ton of bunch of players. Uh, Anton Harrison was their first pick at 27. Uh, Brenton Strange, um, 61 overall tight end. Tank Bigsby. Uh, round three, love that play uh, there for them. Uh, Parker Washington, round six. 
Uh, they drafted an, another offensive tackle round seven, and that was it. So Jacksonville, yeah, like you said, pretty easy depth chart here. Trevor Lawrence and nobody else. I could see... Could you see Carson Wentz ending up here? Do you think him and Peterson could get along and, and be and be a backup there? I mean, I know they like Bethard and, and paid him, but it wouldn't shock me if they brought in like a Carson Wentz. Yeah, I never thought about that, but it wouldn't wouldn't be crazy. No. Okay. Um uh none of the other receivers. I think they're pretty set at their running back position. ETN and Bigsby are gonna be the main two, in my opinion. And they'll bring they'll keep Hasty and Dearness Johnson. Um I've actually cut some Dearness Johnson just because I he's not a special teams player. So he's just gonna be like a game day inactive if he even makes the team. And then Snoop Connor from last year, I've cut everywhere last year because he just wasn't doing anything with this team and they kind of soured on him. So Snoop Connor, Dearness Johnson, I think you can uh, get away with cutting right now, especially on some of my teams where I need a spot man. Dearness Johnson just stuck out to me as like, man, why am I keeping this guy? Yeah, I think uh, Snoop Connor can go, and I think if you have Hasty or Dearness Johnson, like they're if they're nothing borderline. changes, yeah. I I think you could justify getting rid of both of those guys. So that it it's a tough backfield because this is one of those that ended the draft with probably five guys you could have rostered, and really only two that you actually would want because the other yeah. three it's still to see how it's going to shake out. Yep. Uh, wide receiver wise, so I think this one is pretty simple and easy too. Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk are the guys you want. Uh, Marvin Jones moved on in free agency. I'm not interested in Parker Washington. They've talked about Parker Washington kind of playing the Ty Montgomery role, being a running back and receiver. I've heard for some places, uh, so I don't know if he's going to do that or not. Uh, but I'm still not interested in him. I think he's a roster clogger. And, and the rest of these guys, like if you still had Jamal Agnew, Seth Williams for some reason, I think all those guys are roster cloggers. But I think you agree with me, just those three receivers. Yep, and then the tight ends are easy too, just Ingram yeah. and Strange. So I, I think, honestly, yeah. it's pretty clear cut on the Jags. Quarterback, three receivers, two tight ends, and really two running backs. And, and, and adding Harrison to... Um, on the offensive line, they could play him at right tackle this year. Then they'd have Walker Little as their swing tackle. This is a really good offensive line, too, for Trevor Lawrence and Etienne and the running back. So definitely interested in, in uh, those guys. Tight ends, Evan Ingram and Brenton Strange are the only guys that I want to roster. Obviously, they they really like Strange. They drafted him in round two. Evan Ingram's on the franchise tag, so he might not even be there next year. And Strange could easily walk into the starting role next year. So I'm fine with taking some Brenton Strange in round three and four of my rookie drafts. Yep, that's it. Uh, Tennessee on to so oh. Tennessee obviously had a interesting draft but a absolutely terrible depth chart so Peter Skaronsky, uh they took with their first pick at pick 11 uh, to at least give them something on the offensive line Will Levis round two that they traded up for uh, round three Tajay Spears round five Josh Wiley round six Jalen Duncan who was a very thought of uh, tackle and then round seven Colton Dahl so they took all offensive players uh, for their draft. They didn't draft any defensive players, so that's interesting. Uh, quarterback. So obviously Tannehill and Levis, you're going to want to hold. I think the one that we got to talk about is Malik Willis, the holder cut. 
He's in the mold of uh, Brevin Jordan and David Bell. You just add him to something else and see if you can get anything. Right. Um, I had a team with Malik Willis and Zach Wilson. Like that would be the perfect combo to go to the team that has the shittiest QB room in the league and be like, "Do you want both of them?" Yeah, because they're probably should. also rostering a bunch of terrible quarterbacks, and those would be two names where they're like, "Yeah, I'll lean into it and take these two off your hand, get a third and a fourth or something like that." I would do it. You should have just orphaned that team, Jesus. Zach Wilson, Wallace, damn. Uh, yeah, on the same roster. <laughs> I know. What the hell are you doing? All right, running backs, Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears, Hassan Haskins. Those three I definitely want to hold on to. I've ended up um, cutting some Julius Chestnut, too, just because he's fourth on the depth chart. Um, he he did okay last year, but wasn't like anything to write home about. Dontrell Hilliard isn't back here. Uh, but I think this is going to be their main three running backs, Henry, Spears, and Haskins, and I'm happy to have all three. you agree? Yeah, I mean, why why Chestnut over Haskins? No, I, Has, I have why Haskins, Haskins over, over Chestnut? Because he's a fourth round pick and he fits the the mold of Derrick Henry a little bit better. Um, that's yeah, Chestnut's like been him. one where I've I've had to go in and cut in a few places, yeah. and I'm like, I don't really. I mean, want Haskins to, but... needs to show something this year when he does play. I agree with that. Um, otherwise, he's going to probably be a roster cut next year for us if he doesn't do anything this year. So this is a big year for Haskins. Um, but I, yeah. I, I mean, I like I like the talent coming out. He's just he's a specific player. He's he's Derrick Henry. He's not like an, a fast guy. He's like a barely four five four six guy or whatever he was. So he's just a hammer. So yep. And then we'll keep uh, the rest of this one easy. I yeah, only wide, want... wide receiver, you want Traylon, and that is it. And tight ends, Chiggy and Josh Wiley. That's it. Yep. That's I it. Could, I could see of uh, a reality where Chris Moore does something for them because I think he's better than Westbrook Akine, but that's a guy I'll just pick him up off of waivers uh, if he gets the number two job. Like I could see him being like this year, maybe not as good stat-wise, but like this year's Mac Hollins that you picked up at the beginning of the season and he actually turns in and does something. So You're not holding any Kyle Phillips? I still have Phillips. He's their only slot receiver. They got Colton Dowell. I didn't even know who the hell that was. That was a made-up name. <laughs> and that's one. Of, that's one of the I only guys I didn't scout. I still refuse to carry any of the other receivers on the fight. Oh besides yeah, Burks. It, it's sad. Like I, you can justify like, no, I'm just only carrying Traylon, and that's it. Like, and I would be totally fine with that. So I get it for sure. I mean, is it possible that Traylon gets like 150 targets? He should. He's the only freaking guy there. He's got to stay in shape, and he's got to, you know, want it. You know, he he's had those questions before. Like, if Traylon, like, I don't want to say he goes into an eating binge or something, but he's not committed like he should be, what the hell does this team do? Like, they're going to have to, like, run, like, the wishbone. So Traylon or Zay Flowers? Zay Flowers for me, I think. So Traylon over, uh, over is behind all the top four receivers this year for you then? No, I would take him over Quentin Johnston still. Interesting. Even with Herbert? Yes, even with Herbert. Because he's going to be the fourth target at best receiving-wise this year. 
And I we think assume people, that. I I think I know that. Okay, fair, fair. So I think he's behind Eckler and Allen and Mike Williams. So we'll get to them here in a second. Uh, all right, so Denver's um, draft class, they only had two offensive players. Marvin Mims was their first pick in round two, and then round seven they took a center. So uh, quarterback-wise, Russell Wilson, Jarrett Stidham, and Jarrett Quartanamo. Um, Russell Wilson, obviously, you're keeping. What do you what do you do with Jared Stidham? Do you do you hold on to him? Do you think he's a elite backup? I mean, they they purposely went and got him, and he was okay at the end of last year. So yeah, I mean, you're, I just you're Russell... some other backups. So yeah, you're just taking a bet that maybe he gets in there. Right. Yeah, I'll keep him. That's fine. I I don't want to roster those guys now if I have other players I want to pick up. But that's also because I'm playing in so many leagues. I'm right. never worried that I can't get the 20% exposure of Jared Stidham if I want to, right. or at least 10%. So I'm fine cutting him in a couple. The only leagues I really wouldn't cut him in would be, you know, the, the super scarce ones, like 16 teamers or like two QB leagues where like everyone's rostering all the quarterbacks. Yeah. But if it's just like a 12 team super flex, even 35 man rosters, I'd rather take a shot on like a UDFA running back. Yeah. Okay. Then carry a backup. So, because you'll be able to get him back. He'll be dropped in leagues. Maybe it won't be the perfect league where you need him, but he will be dropped. You'll be able to get exposure to him. So that that's the kind of guy I'll cut. All right, running backs now. I think it's pretty simple here. Javante and Samaje Piran. I don't really want anybody else. Like They brought in Tony Jones. Tyler Beatty's still hanging on there from last year. I'm not. I'm cutting him everywhere. This could be a team that does sign a running back. Like if Mark Ingram wanted to play one more year and he wanted to come play with Sean Payton, that wouldn't shock me. Um, this year's Latavius, right? That's the spot. Yeah, like Rex Burkhead could end up here. Like, uh, what what other saint has been around in the last five years that they'll bring in? Yeah, like. It wouldn't shock like Kenyon Drake. I could see him going there. Justin Jackson, like any of those type of players. Nope, I you know who will end up there? Him. Dwayne Washington. Yeah, I can see that too. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all. The only running backs I want to carry right now. So Wide all the Tyler Beatty's are gone then. Yep. Yeah, he's gone. Not not not. Sean Payton didn't have drafted him or picked him up or anything. I could I don't see him like being like. A favorite or anything like that. So you're not picking up any Tony Jones? Because what if Javon? What if Javante's not ready? Do you think they have to add a guy? They can't just go with P Ryan. Yeah, they would have to add a guy at that point. So like, I wouldn't be shocked if they were in the Zeke or Fournette too. Like that wouldn't shock me. You know who comes back? Melvin Gordon. I could bring back Melvin Gordon. He, that he, wouldn't shock me. He too. liked Denver. He just didn't like the old coach. Yeah, I could see it. So that that's not a shock too. Uh, wide receiver. So. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, you're going to hold on to. Tim Patrick, you're holding on to. Marvin Mims, you're holding on to. Uh, Marvin Mims pretty routinely goes in like the middle to end of round three, which is a good value on him, I think. So I like that. I'm cutting the rest of the wide receivers, though. Hey, KJ Marquez Halloway, another saint, shows yep. up on the shows and up on little the little Jordan Humphrey, same thing too. Uh, all these other receivers I'm cutting though. Callaway, KJ Hamler, I think's a cut. He just got hurt, uh, whatever, a couple months ago. Torres, Peck, or something like that. I'm I'm done with KJ Hamler. The guy can't stay healthy. Um, and any of these other wide receivers I'm cutting. So you I you had some Montreal Washingtons, didn't you? 
no, I did not. Kendall Hinton did. Kendall Hinton did decent um, for a time last year. I could see him sticking around just because he's multiple. He's a hard worker and all that bullshit. But I don't think uh, I'm keeping him. Is Marvin Mims a good pick right now? Just for if they were to trade Sutton, that he's a guy you can flip. Yeah, I think so. I've heard that like maybe the team doesn't like or Sean Payton doesn't like Tim Patrick as much. Well, and I, I, maybe I saw they, they wanted to try to trade Cortland Sutton. He's the guy they're trying to move. I mean, Tim Patrick's a 30-year-old coming off a torn ACL. Yeah. And this so regime, did, two regimes ago, extended him. So, I yeah. mean, like, I, I see no reason to think that they care about him any more yeah. than... So, Patrick is a guy that's borderline, I think, then, right? Can you get anything for Tim Patrick? I. Maybe. Could you get a fourth? If you spammed right now, could you get a fourth? Or would I think somebody decline? would give you a fourth. I think yeah. and it's 50-50, I think. So. so you take Tim Patrick and you combine him with like Malik, Malik Willis to try to get like a third. <laughs> yeah. All right, tight ends. Dulcich, I think he's the starter right now. They signed Chris Manhurts, and they traded for Adam Troutman. So... I think the writing's kind of on the wall there for Alberto. I think we just need him to get traded. Um, I don't think they're going to cut him because he's on his rookie deal still. He's still a solid player, but um, we we just kind of hope Alberto finds his way somewhere else. Obviously, Sean Payton drafted Troutman, so he's knows him, likes him. We'll see how that works, but Troutman just hasn't done anything. I like Dulcich and what he did last year. Chris Manhurts is strictly a blocker. There's nothing else of value there from him. What are you doing with these tight ends? I mean, the early report was that they were going to give Albert O a shot after last year being buried, and then they trade for Troutman. So something's got to give, but I have a lot of Albert O and Troutman, so it's kind of like they're too good to cut, but do they have any value? Could you get a third for either of those guys? Probably not, no. Even in a two PPR league? Could oh, you get a in, third? in one of those. Yeah, probably. And I don't even know if you can do that. I think they have to be strictly a throw-in or they're worth a fourth. And at that point, you're almost like, why are they on my roster? Right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting tight end room because if you like good profiles, they have three of them. Three guys. I mean, I have on a ton of rosters. Not as much Dulcich because he was more expensive, but I still have like five Dulcichs. Yeah. And I have, gosh, double figure Albertos and Adam Troutmans. So right. hopefully something happens, but it's an intriguing tie. It's a, this is actually an intriguing team because they have a lot of pieces. Yeah. I just don't know how good they're going to be. They could be really and bad I- or it could be better. And I think this is really going to test, like, everybody thought Sean Payton is an offensive guru. I think this is really going to put him to the test this year. Is he really that offensive guru that can just make everything work? So uh, I am, Denver is one of the teams I'm interested in seeing this year, for sure. Uh, on to Kansas City now. So at their draft class, Rasheed Rice in round two. Um, they drafted an offensive tackle in round three, and that was it for their offensive class. Uh, so obviously Mahomes, I'm not carrying Blaine Gabbard or Shane Bouchel or any of those guys. So it's just Mahomes. Running backs, obviously Pacheco survived the draft. They brought back Jarek McKinnon. They declined Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's uh, fifth-year option. They have Michael P. Ryan and Daenerik Prince, who they brought in as an undrafted guy. Um, obviously Pacheco, McKinnon, and CEH you're holding on to. 
LaMichael P. Ryan's on every waiver wire. I'm not picking him up. I've seen Daenerys Prince has pretty much gotten drafted in all my leagues, and I think that's just because he's on the Chiefs. Um, what do you think about Prince? Would you even draft him, hold on to him? I mean, you could do worse. He was one of the three UDFA running backs we talked about at the beginning that you could justify drafting with a pick. Otherwise, I'll just pick him up when he's there for free. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess you're the same on Pacheco, McKinnon, CEH. You're just holding on to those guys. Yep. Okay. Uh, wide receiver wise. So I think Valdez, Scantling, Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice. I think those are the only. Well, I guess you can do Justin Ross. Just if he gets any buzz, you flip him. I think those are probably the five. Well, what about Richie James, too? I guess. I, I think people like Richie James. I think this is one yeah. of the few teams where you could justify rostering at least six receivers on the team. Yeah. And, and for different and reasons. Two, yeah, two of them are for if any gets any hype, I'm trading them. And that'd be James and Ross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Darius Tony fan, but you know he did do do decent for them last year when he did play. So I'm interested to see what happens there. Sky Moore needs to develop, and then uh, Mahomes and Rasheed Rice uh, worked out a lot together uh, before the draft. And the Mahomes told them, "Hey, I, I, if you can get Rasheed Rice, I want him." So it makes me want to buy in the Rice a little bit. You know, it's that stupid Kansas City narrative, but if there's a guy that gels well with Patrick Mahomes, then I want that guy. So I'm going to probably try and take some more Rasheed Rice in some places if I can. And they got your boy, Amir Smith-Marset. Not interested in him? Unfortunately, Apparently Cherry and Ely is a receiver now. Yeah, he, he went to receiver. No thanks. John Ross still hanging around the league. Hey, John. How you doing? Yeah, the, the Chiefs like to cast a wide net at receiver, don't they? They they're, they're the, one yeah. of the only teams that has five pages worth. Yeah, tight ends Kelsey and Noah Gray are still the only two that I want. Uh, there was some talk of them maybe drafting a tight end too. Like, I mean, they could have easily been like, "Hey, we could do the ultimate luxury pick and take Michael Mayer at the end of the first or something like that, and something crazy." Obviously, they didn't do that. Uh, but Kelsey and Gray still want to hold to hold on to. Um, I had some Jody Fortson and some two tight end leagues and stuff. I just cut him. Like I looked at his stats. Like he has like eight catches and ten catches in his two years. I'm like, yeah, no thanks anymore. And I'm not interested in the other tight ends. Cool. Vegas Raiders. So looking at um, their draft class this year. Once I pull it up, there we go. Uh, so Michael Mayer, obviously, in round two. Very nice fit and uh, pick for them. Uh, Trey Tucker they got in round three. Wide receiver from Cincinnati. I think he got overdrafted. Uh, round four, they probably got their Super Bowl winning quarterback in Aiden O'Connell. Great pick there. And that was it for their offensive class. So... Quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously the starter. Um, Aiden O'Connell will take over for him at some point during the year and lead them to the Super Bowl. And then Brian Hoyer is the backup. He's just a mentor type. So I would say Garoppolo and Aiden O'Connell are the only two you want to hold here? Uh, I mean, want yes, to? J- just or shake will. your head, yes. yes just shake yes. your head, yes. Move on. It's not worth it. Running backs. So Josh Jacobs playing on the franchise tag. He's another guy that survived the draft. They didn't draft anybody or bring any running backs in. So 
I think it's Josh Jacobs doing the same damn thing he did last year. And I've seen people are like, oh, I don't think he can do it again. Well, I think there's a good shot that he does it again. So Josh Jacobs, I'm still very interested in. Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, Austin Walter, Britton Brown, Sincere McCormick, no thanks. But Zamir White, I'll still hold on to, but he's got to show something this year. Otherwise, he might get the Snoop Connor treatment and just get cut next year for me. Do you agree? Yeah, is this a team that could bring in a uh, another guy? They could. Zeke feels like a Raider, doesn't he? Yeah, but... I could see it, but like they just have so many guys, and it's the same guys as last year. I think they just said, "F it, we're gonna roll it back," you know, with these guys. It yeah, worked last. I mean, it worked last year. Just Jacob stayed healthy because he's playing for a contract. I mean, technically, he's playing for a contract again this year. So I think they're just kind of just gonna roll it back and see what happens. I mean, if he doesn't stay healthy, is this the worst running back room in the league? No, because Brandon Bolden will actually do something, which is crazy to think about. But you know how Brandon Bolden is. Like, you think, like, oh, why do I have this guy? And then he ends up running for 120 yards and two touchdowns on the Patriots. This has to be a team that adds another body. I It wouldn't shock me. Like, Melvin Gordon, Z, Kareem Hunt, somebody like that. Like, it wouldn't shock me, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers, so Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, that's it for me on the wide receiver-wise. Like, I know they drafted Trey Tucker in round three. I think he's more of just like a gadget screen type guy. I, I don't want any of him and any of these other guys I don't want. Keelan Cole, Philip Dorsett, DeAndre Carter. Like, there isn't a Mac Collins on this team. They're going to roll out Adams, Myers, and Renfro, and that's pretty much it, just like they did last year. They were one of the teams that just rolled out two or three guys, and that was it. And They didn't really use any of the other guys. Yep, no interest in any of the receivers. I'm interested in more of their tight ends than receivers, honestly. Yeah, so at tight ends, um, Hooper is listed as a starter right now. Michael Mayer is the backup. O.J. Howard is the third. Any of the other tight ends I'm not interested in, but I'm not even interested in O.J. Howard. I would just cut him everywhere. But Hooper and Mayer, I think you can um, you can justify holding those. You guys. remember before they signed Hooper and OJ Howard, everyone was picking up Jesper Horstead because he was going to be the starter. Well, yeah, well that's when they traded uh, traded Waller, and then Moreau was in free agency, so they but didn't you gotta have pick up that yet. Jesper Horstead because yeah, they just because didn't they have anybody. Yeah, and now you can go ahead and <laughs> two months later they have three guys ahead of them. Yeah. That just shows you how it is. So the Raiders, the the way we're talking, the Raiders literally have, what, six players you want? Yeah, and that's pretty much how it was last year, too. Same thing. You didn't want really any of the backup running backs other than maybe Zamir White just to see what happened. But, yeah, I want two quarterbacks. I want three receivers. I want Jacobs and Zamir White. That's pretty – and the tight ends, so – What do you think about Jimmy G? Is this a good enough cast where Jimmy G can be decent if he stays healthy? Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't, it's going to be hard for them because their defense just doesn't have the the horses to keep up with the Chargers and the Chiefs and probably Denver. But do you so think I Jimmy think, G will have to pass more than he did when he was with the Shanahan system? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Which I actually could make him a little undervalued because I think people are kind of thinking, oh, he's just QB 25, you know, but what if he's a little bit better than that? Yeah, I agree. And he's got weapons. He's got Myers, Renfro, and Devontae Adams. Like, 
easily could have a very good year. So yeah, I agree with you. Garoppolo is very underrated QB two right now. Um, and then like, I'm not doing this because I like Aiden O'Connell, but I think picking him up as if you have Garoppolo is a good bet. Like if you have a Garoppolo team, like drafting Aiden O'Connell in round four or five in your rookie draft is a good bet and hold like, on. Like, is he as good as Jared Stidham? I think so. I think he's better than Stidham personally. Yeah. I just think he's very accurate guy, man. If he gets in there, he's going to pepper the hell out of Mayer and, and Adams, and it's it's going to be lovely. I love it. Uh, all right, so on to the Chargers now. So they're uh, draft class, Quinton Johnston, uh, pick one. Uh, Darius Davis in round four, just a straight return guy. And then Max Duggan in round seven. So three TCU offensive players that they drafted. Yep. Um, so quarterbacks. It's just Herbert for me. I'm not carrying Easton Stick or Max Duggan. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, no thanks. Nope. Okay. And then running backs, Eckler, Kelly, and Spiller. I think it's just the same as last year. This is another team that didn't draft a running back or anything. They're going to roll it back with Eckler, Kelly, and Spiller, and I'm fine with holding those three. Hopefully Spiller gets healthy this year and shows a little bit more for them, and I don't think they're trading Eckler. Otherwise, they would have done it already. Yeah, isn't the the Chargers are one of those teams where it's like they have four receivers that you got to keep. You still got to have Josh Palmer, mm-hmm. but then their tight ends, like I, I guess you got to call Gerald Everett like kind of a winner from free agency. Oh yeah, yeah I, I wrote about it in the um, the Destination Devi uh, newsletter. He was one of the big winners at tight end. Um, yeah, like that. Along that with a he's gonna be exactly what he was last year, and then. Yep. Er, Irv Smith and Gerald Everett were two of the, and Jawan Johnson were the three big winners at tight end because their team didn't do anything at tight end. And they were like some of the teams rumored to like really be interested in tight end and they didn't do anything. So yeah, big win for Gerald Everett. We'll get into him in a second. Uh, But yeah, you agree with Eckler, Kelly and Spiller. I could see if Zeke can't find work, I could see them signing Zeke. Because he knows, obviously, uh, Kellen Do you think Moore. Kellen Moore wants to be stuck with Zeke again? We don't know if he likes him or not, to be honest. Like, he could be like, yeah, this is my guy. I like him. I know what he can do in my offense. I mean, he Zeke would be a upgrade over what they've had the last couple years, right? Could this be a team that trades for a running back? Maybe. Like, I'd love to see Miles Gaskin here. Miles Gaskin would be great. I'd love to see great. Calvin Cook here. What Eckler and Cook together? Why not? Yeah, it'd be interesting. Eric Henry. But... Yeah, that would just completely nerf Eckler. Um, I'm just, I'm just wish casting. But yeah, yeah. I, I can definitely see them being a team that, that they're, they're gonna like... add. Yeah, they're gonna add somebody. They could be a Fournette team if they may, if he doesn't want to go Zeke, maybe Fournette even. I can it, see that. Would, would anyone give you a third right now for Josh Kelly? No, I don't think so. So are those a guy? Are those guys you should? Would you rather have Josh Kelly or Isaiah Spiller than draft Dwayne McBride? I'd rather have Kelly and Spiller. Don't you think you can get one of those guys for a pick? If one of these picks you just yeah. don't want to make, yeah, I don't think you can do it for Spiller. I think people would still want thirds, but I think you could spam a fourth for Kelly and probably get it. Like that two o, like that four o eight that you don't want to pick, and you're gonna have to end up picking like. You know, whoever, some random player, though, that's yeah, where you Dwayne pick like McBride, Will Mallory. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. Um, all right. So wide receivers. So we can talk about this a little bit. Mike Williams, Quinton Johnston and Keenan Allen, um, are going to be the starting three. Josh Palmer is probably the only other receiver on this team I want to keep. The rest of them are all drops. I'm not drafting Darius Davis. He's a a speed threat, gadget-type player, more of a return guy. I'm not interested in having him. So uh, what do you think about the four receivers? Yep, not interested in Darius Davis. That was probably one of the worst picks of the draft in terms Agreed. of like – you know, why are you picking him in the fourth? But anyway, yeah, right. the four receivers, Everett and the three running backs, pretty simple. And I and I mean I can see a world where Quinton Johnson is the fifth target on this team this year. Like mm-hmm. Allen, Mike Williams, Eckler, and Everett all above him. So I think Quinton Johnston, like maybe mid season, like when he isn't doing anything, could be a guy that you could buy cheaply. Uh, because he hasn't done anything yet, and people are frustrated. So I think that's one thing to watch out for with Quentin Johnston. Uh, but he could easily be next year walking into Keenan Allen and Mike Williams gone, and then he's the guy. So uh, it, it's not like I'm not interested in him, but I think this year might be a little bit of a struggle. Are Trey McKitty and Donald Parham cuts? Yes. I, I, I cut all those guys last year, so... Um, I'm not interested in them, but Gerald Everett definitely wheels up on him for sure. Um, and that is it for the AFC at least. So that was good. Um, any other kind of little quick thoughts before we get into America's favorite game? No, I mean, we'll obviously cover the NFC next week, but, uh, I think one thing to remember is while you're in these drafts and I'm literally like in 20 of them at the same time. So I've, I'm guilty as charged. I've made a couple picks where I'm like, yeah, I just don't really have time to do any shopping or anything. So I just make the pick. Yeah. Uh, But we're getting to the point where I've got enough exposure of a lot of the later round guys now where I do need to be more cognizant because I have some drafts starting uh, this weekend. I have some drafts starting next week, a couple that don't start for a couple weeks. I need to be more cognizant, especially before the market flips on valuing these late round picks, because here's the thing right now. Drafts are still fresh, right? We're only the first week of the rookie draft season. People are still excited to make picks. As time goes on and you start to realize that a lot of those players in round four and late round three aren't that exciting, uh, the picks are going to kind of bottom out in value. You're still going to be able to get your guys, but people are just going to kind of check out on those picks. Right now, they're excited to make them because everything's new. So if you have that league that doesn't draft until Memorial Day, but you have the 308 and the 406, try to move up to like the 302, 301. Now, don't wait till it's closer to the draft. Do it now. Or, you know, get those picks out for a future third and a future fourth. Like, that's how you do it. You don't wait till it's on the clock. Make sure there could be one or two players. They get some hype and emerge and, you know, they go a little higher and it makes it a little bit of a better pick. But there's also going to be some players where you're just going to get fatigue on and not want to draft them. So if your draft hasn't started and you're picking outside of the top 30-ish, I'm good just getting out or doing what we were saying, like trade them for Zeke Elliott or Leonard Fournette or something like that. Trade a third and a fourth for one of those guys. Like, I'd much rather do that than just continue to hammer you know, shares of Chris Rodriguez and Dwayne McBride, you know, so that that's my only advice and takeaway from this is uh, as we start to get further into away from the draft, people are just not going to be excited by those picks like they are now. 
I agree. So another one is in the round four range. I've seen like Jake Hayner, D- DTR, Aiden O'Connell, Jaron Hall. Those types are falling in like round four pretty much every time. Are you willing to take those guys if they if you have like the the bat, the starting quarterbacks so like Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever it is? Do you only want those guys if you have that starting quarterback, or are you okay taking those guys um, just standalone? Uh, I'll take them standalone. It depends on the league. We're in some leagues where quarterbacks are really hard to get, so you almost just take them because that's the quote-unquote best value on the board. Those are really tough guys to take in best ball leagues, though. Yeah, I agree. Like It's hard to draft Aiden O'Connell or Jake Hayner in a best ball league. You're just you're eating a zero and you're doing it with a draft pick. So I think in certain spots, yeah, like there's been a couple 14 teamers where I've taken a shot on those quarterbacks. They fall to waivers sometimes. Yeah. My waiver run, instead of picking up random UDFA, I'd rather pick up those quarterbacks. Clayton yep. tunes, another one that could actually yeah, play because the Cardinals have nothing. They have no, they have no reason not to give him a shot. If Kyler's not there, you know, like he's going to be a yep. short term guy. They're going to replace him. But like, there's no reason he couldn't get in there. You already mentioned DTR. Uh, Sean Clifford's another interesting one. No, he's not. Shut up. <laughs> he got draft capital. Top 150 draft capital. Yeah, here. and everyone. And his and starting it, quarterback on his roster is completely unknown. He could be thrown in there. Yeah, and the rest of the NFL executives laughed at them. So you're not picking up any Sean Clifford? No. And I'm what about even... Jaron Hall? I see people hyping him up a little bit. Yeah, I've seen some people hyping him up. I could see it. Like, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, they're going to probably move on from Cousins, so if they like him, I could see it. Just not Sean Clifford. You don't even care about the draft. Capital. No, th- that is that is the Trace McSorley, Sam Ellinger of this draft, for sure. Okay. So, all right. You ready to move on to America's Favorite Game? Yep. Easy one this week. Quarterback, wide res- or quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, your favorite landing spots um, from this draft for, for any of the rookies. Man, favorite landing spot for any of the rookies. Yeah, give me one at each position. Um. Okay, quarterback, you got to go with Richardson as yep. the best I, landing that's, spot. That's the it's, same as it's, mine. It's obvious, but you got to go with Richardson. Running back... Man, I don't want to say chalk and go with Gibbs and Bijan because I think they're obvious. Yeah. I I think I think A Chain's a good landing spot. I I'm not buying him at the price though, so I'm not gonna say that one. I, I think if one of two guys end up hitting, it's probably gonna be Eric Gray or Chase Brown. Yeah, I agree. And they're both going in that range. Like Chase Brown's going a little bit higher, but they're both going in the third. And they're they're on probably offenses that I trust and their profiles that probably can play all three downs. So they are the type of player you want to draft there. There's some other running backs that are getting drafted and they're like, like Chris Rodriguez and Deuce Vaughn are very one niche players. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a difference between those two. So I would, I would, I would probably say Eric Gray or Chase Brown. And it's not because I think they're going to take over the backfield. It's just because it's a, it's kind of an open backfield after the starter and there's risks for different reasons with both of those starters. Right. My running back would be um, tank Bigsby. I think he got a really good landing spot. Just 
I think they want to lessen ETN's workload. They don't want to be running him up the gut 25 times a game. So I think Bigsby's going to take more of that role, and ETN's workload's going to come down, but hopefully he's more efficient with his work. So I like uh, Tank Bigsby's landing spot. Yeah, that probably ends up being kind of like a Chris Carson, Rashad Penny type of backfield, right? Where it's like, if they're both healthy, I mean, it should be just... it should be a Pollard and Zeke. Yeah, like just like a 50-50 backfield, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree with with that uh receiver i guess you know what receiver i think i'll say marvin mims interesting okay i i don't think it's an awesome landing spot until you start sitting there thinking about what russell wilson could do well is what marvin mims does well and i think it's a depth chart where you can easily go you know what marvin mims is a guy that has i don't want to say first round value but i could see him being a guy that people are really excited about here in two months and i typically don't draft those guys because they're Top, you know, Marvin Mims wasn't a top 40 pick, right? But I found myself in a couple drafts this year, and it's like, you know what? There isn't anybody else to take. Yeah. You know how I, if it's especially in the non premium leagues where tight ends don't matter, and I don't even mean 1.5, like 1.5 leagues, I'm struggling this year because a lot of times the best player on the board from a capital standpoint is a tight end. And I yeah. don't want to take them in that format. So even in the premium formats where people value the tight ends, you're seeing Schoonmaker, Brenton Strange, Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Darnell Washington. Like a lot of those guys are going in the same range where Jalen Hyatt, Marvin Mims, Josh Downs are going because it's premium. So you're sitting there, you know, end of the second and it's Marvin Mims is still there. Okay, I'll take him there just because I think yeah. there's a chance if I'm getting him at the 210, 211, 212, like there, I can flip him. Yeah, for sure. So that's the, that those formats where tight end matters more or running back matters more point per carry leagues. You're seeing chase Brown, Zach Evans. You're seeing those guys pushed up the board because it's point per carry Roshan, like all the running backs are going earlier than the receivers as they should, but it just makes Mims an interesting spot. So I'll say him. Yeah. And then my wide receiver is Jordan Addison. I think he got a smash landing spot um, with a super efficient quarterback in Kirk Cousins for at least a year. I mean, it's going to be Jordan Addison, Kirk Cousins, or uh, Justin Jefferson, and TJ Hawkinson. Maybe a little bit of Dalvin Cook sprinkled in it if they keep Dalvin Cook. But if they don't, like it is wheels up for Addison, Jefferson. He could be and like Devontae Smith, right? with yeah. AJ Brown like he could have exactly. a top 20 season and you know he could be the best rookie I think easy yeah and and in return for that like I just took uh, Addison yesterday in our dynasty masters draft and I took him um I traded back with you because you came up for JSN and I got Addison whatever it was two picks later or three picks later did you get with the other the 309 that you picked um, I could pull it up real quick while we're talking, but um, I think Addison could be like Chris Olave is valued right now. Maybe Garrett Wilson possibly next year. Like Addison could have a a big value jump and be one of these top twelve fantasy wide receivers next year. Um, so that's why I like taking Addison and I got, uh, Eric gray at the three Oh nine. So, yep. And this is a 0.25 point per carry league. You got Eric gray. And of course, two, three picks early. You had to get that case on Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I got a band of Kanda, uh, two picks before that too. So yep. You just that hammer the nice. running backs, just hammer yep. them. And then, uh, tight end. Who do you, who do you like at the tight end, uh, landing spots? 
Hmm. I think mine's Mayor. I think <clears throat> Mayor's set up for a big, uh, big value there for uh, Vegas. I'll go Tucker Craft. And I put that with the caveat of the value that he brings where he's getting drafted oh, relative yeah. to he got a good landing spot that is needs weapons. Yeah. So he could be this year's, you know, Isaiah likely, for instance, where yeah, you don't really see him coming until he's there. But I, I'm looking at Musgrave and craft is like, it's a 50, 50 coin flip. And I'm just going to end up with more Tucker craft because people are like, Oh, Musgrave got, drafted yeah, you just, but craft has just as good of a profile. Yeah, you just take the cheaper one, and that's craft usually. Yeah, and or you take them thing, both. There's been times where I'm like, oh, all right, yeah. I took I took Musgrave at a good deal, and then eight picks later, Tucker Craft is still there. Fine, I'll just take him. I think I've done that twice. I've done that once myself as well. Um, I and another thing too is Musgrave isn't like the bastion of health either. Like he's been hurt quite a bit in his college career. So, um, and he's and not what, the target earner. Yeah, that's the other thing. He's not the target earner, so I'm actually okay. There's a chance they drafted Musgrave just because he's the home run. Yeah, but he could also be the strikeout, whereas Tucker Craft might be the, the double or the triple. Yeah, and at tight end, if it's a premium that matters, where we're targeting tight ends, I like doubles and triples because you need more mm-hmm. of them. If it's a shooting for the moon, then I get it taking Musgrave. Like if it's yeah. just a PPR league, like sure, I'll take him wherever he's in the fourth or something. Like that's the guy I'm shooting for the five percent outcome. But right. Agreed. All right. Well that is uh it for this week, man. Um next week we will tackle the NFC roster cloggers. We will unclog your roster for you, help you out. And we'll have uh, more rookie drafts that will be, you know, pretty much finishing up or getting into um, next week, so we'll have a lot more rookie draft info to kind of talk about as well. So that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, until uh, next week, guys. Um, I'm uh, at Eric Vanek NFL on Twitter. You can follow me there. Make sure you guys um, follow the podcast as well at America's Game Pod on Twitter. You know, check out our newsletter at uh, Destination Devi. It's um, beehive uh, dot com slash all gas uh, beehive is b-e-e-h-i-i-v so make sure you guys check out our newsletter it comes out every single friday it's really good stuff and then um i think scott's coming back um after a little bit of a hiatus um the last couple weeks uh for destination dynasty this week so do you have uh something you're doing for uh mon- on monday this week i do uh, it's gonna be kind of a a deep dive into some portfolio strategy. And for those that are playing in a lot of leagues, just some things that I've noticed in the first week. So it's going to kind of be a, just a solo degenerate episode, but uh, if you play in a portfolio, uh, you'll find a couple things interesting in terms of strategies that you can take. And it, it behooves people to listen to this episode uh, before you listen to destination dynasty. So hopefully people listen to this because a lot of what we talk about on here helps formulate some of the strategies that I'll talk about on Destination Dynasty. So it should lean in together. Sweet, sweet. Looking forward to hearing that on Monday then. So, all right, guys, until next week, this is uh, episode 43 in the books. Uh, getting closer to uh, 52 would be a full year. So we're getting, uh, we're in single digits now, getting closer to uh, a full year of this podcast going. So uh, we're going to definitely do the NFC uh, next week for sure, and then I also want to do um, a live draft coming up here soon. I know the uh, underdog just opened up their uh, 
their million uh i forget what the hell it's called off the top of my head but their big big draft that they do bbm4 um, yep that one and we will do that we'll probably do a live draft um here in maybe like two weeks or so uh for one of those so that'll be cool but uh yep until next week we will see you guys later Thank you.